All right, Ryan, you're going to have to remind me. What podcast is this? Number? I have no idea what number it is. I'd have to look that up. Oh, my God. We'll have to remember. Eight? No. Seven or eight. Seven or eight? Seven or eight. It's been a while, folks. We didn't publish one, <laughs> so I've lost track. Yeah. That's right. I'll have to go back and look. I was not prepared, so don't feel bad. Look at me. I'm not even prepared. <laughs> but we are here today with my longtime friend, Marco Collins, because I, well, one, because I like talking to him, and him and I have also already talked on the phone, like, twice for, like, an hour and a half, two hours, and every time we get done, we're like, that should have been the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think there's going to be any end to our ability to talk more, um, and uh, as I don't know if anybody knows, if you're new to the podcast, this is just a conversation and that's what I'm interested in. And so, uh, welcome to Between You and I. Hi, Hello. how are you? I'm good. Wonderful um, to see you. I have to say that before we started recording, uh, Carrie was out on a little motorized uh, scooter <laughs> screaming her lungs out. Yeah, could have been dead. Could <laughs> it was been amazing. Dead. Maybe we'll post that, yeah. yeah. I'll put the video on the post. All right. We have, uh, we live with kids. It's the first yeah. time I've lived with children. How are you liking uh, that? I love it, man. I mean, they keep perspective. You know, they keep yeah. my perspective where yeah. it should be. Um, and put everything into perspective. And it's funny because my roommate has a little girl that's with us half the time. But when you have one kid, it means that a million other kids are going to be friends and come over. So if I'm babysitting her... Inevitably, I'm babysitting seven other kids because yeah. we've got the bouncy house. Yeah. <laughs> you have the yeah. advantage. No, so, that, yeah, for it's sure. It's weird, man. It's, it's a totally different thing, too. It's hard to be in a bad mood. You know, Carrie, you and I have talked about this a lot, but depression mm-hmm. is something that a lot of our friends are going through. Yeah. Maybe it's something that happens to you when you get a little older uh, because I wasn't depressed when I was young. I had yeah. a million things going on, and I was excited, and if this thing didn't work out, I was doing this thing, and it, you know, times change, and so, but, you know, in terms of the kids, like, I'll be in a bummed out space, and I'll have three little girls running in and dive bombing me in bed, <laughs> tickle, bo- tickle yeah, fight, yeah. tickle fight, Yeah. how the hell do you stay in a bad mood when that goes on, I so. I my kid, too, and I, I think, uh. I mean, he's a reflection. Sometimes it makes me happy and sometimes it makes me sad, like nostalgic for when, you know, when you didn't have the adult burdens, you know, you didn't have uh, all the all the burdens yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that you wanted or didn't want, something you didn't want, right? But, um, you know, like a house. I barely or, have adult burdens and I'm you? still depressed. <laughs> and I think I'm depressed because the lack of Could be. adult we burdens. We talked about that. Yeah, right? We talked about boredom, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially if you were a creative, active person in your 20s and 30s even, and then somewhere along the way the path just changes, right? Right. Or it peters out or, and then I, I really believe that midlife is a real thing, and it's not about a, a hot red Corvette. I mean, although that's some solutions for people. But I really feel like it's a true phase two that um, there's definitely books about, but but maybe in my own circle isn't noticed or considered, or nobody has said to someone like, hey, this is a real thing. At some point, at 40, maybe you're going to start, or you know, 38 or to whatever, you're going to start to notice whatever you're doing doesn't fit anymore, or... Whatever you thought you'd be doing, you're not doing, and you're in a quandary, and then you're running into a lot of shoulds or some of your old shoulds coming back. Yeah, Yeah. and um, it's not that you're lost or that you've done anything wrong. It's that this is the time. This is what happens now, and and it's actually an opportunity. 
even if it's difficult, right? Because it is kind of about foibles, what you have to take care of it. It's a reinvention, but you have to reinvent. It's like, it sort of felt like my 20s, shit just fell into place. Absolutely. <laughs> just like, with very little effort. <laughs> you didn't have to try at all. In fact, you know, I was talking the other day about the fact that I have never applied Unless it was like those early days when you're 16 and you get your first McDonald's yeah, yeah, job yeah, yeah. <laughs> or pizza job in yeah. my case. Uh, it was, you know, you, I just never applied for a job. Yeah. Like they just, I just kept evolving to the next job and yeah. everything's like that now. And I also kind of feel like in this day and age, in, in, at least in the music industry, there aren't those $250,000 jobs anymore, even $100,000 jobs. The, really? the music industry and the radio industry has shrunk incredibly. Yeah. So in order to, even if, you know, even if I were to have a full-time radio show, mm-hmm. I would still have to have three other jobs to keep it together. Really? This is the day and age, yeah, where people aren't paid. I was paid a lot of money in the 90s mm-hmm. and a lot of money in the early 2000s, and I wasted every penny of it, but that, <laughs> we'll get into that as we go through the, uh, the <laughs> podcast. But yeah, man, I mean, even my cohorts or the, you know, the, whoever is the Marco of today, I guarantee you, hmm. is not making what we made back at that time, which do. seems weird. It seems yeah. weird, but with all the consolidation in radio and, and the same thing happening with record labels, the jobs just aren't there. Well, I don't think DJs are considered rock stars like they were. Right, right. Right, you know, like, and... Because there's the internet. Well, they don't have the ability to, like, set right. the stage. Like, right. you took your job and, like, set the stage and picked things and got to play what you wanted. And I do feel like with the consolidation, like, people are sort of handed, here's what you'll be playing. Yeah, yeah it's different. It's automated now. So it's yeah. Like algorithmic too. It's like, you know, using like Spotify and services like that, figure out your music through formulas. Of yeah. And you know what's funny? I've never been a fan of algorithms until Spotify mm-hmm. because for some reason, Spotify hits it spot on. Like, I used to work for Slacker and I would actually create, you know, somewhat of a, an algorithm and program towards that. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, even with the, um, with what we were trying to do with Slacker.com is, create actual radio too so that I could do you know I did a channel called grunge 20 years later or something Mm -hmm. like that and you you know I cut up interview clips from the past and whatnot but I would also program it like a radio station you know because when you're a radio station you have your brand new songs Mm -hmm. and you have your really good brand new songs Mm -hmm. that are considered power records and then you know when things stop being current they sort of go into a recurrent and then a gold category. Oh, and I program just like that. Uh, but I find that the Spotify algorithm, it just, dude, it's amazing awesome. how connected it is to my tastes. And it not only listens to, not only listens to the playlists I've already made or, or takes into account the playlists I've already made, but every single thing I've played, it you know, somehow, uh, dishes it out in a way. Yeah. 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 Why is that right? I mean, I don't know how they do all their secret sauce, but I mean, a lot of it is just from like learning algorithms. They listen, they learn from each user and like what they're listening to. And then they piece together based on what other users like and don't like. But some of them I feel like don't pick up or read. And so you end up getting these, like, why would you think I'd like that? Yeah, like, I think, I think just because there's piano on it? Yeah, different algorithms are like that, but the Spotify one, so for the first time today, 
they they have this thing called it, you know people people are on there it's a, it's the today's playlists and they give you five and those five playlists are based on what you've listened to. So here's new hip hop. Oh, okay. Here's 80s, you know, New Order and B-52s kind of things. Here's your indie rock category. Here's a local music category. These motherfuckers figured that out. Wow. And I put all the local bands together. And then there's one of them that's just a down-tempo, chill playlist. How they knew I was into that, I mean, I'm sure it's from listening <laughs> yeah. to Thievery Corporation and a lot of those down-tempo bands that I love. And even if you didn't listen to it, somebody who had a similar music match of you might, and they're like, it just makes sense. It just you makes sense that this, this so person, right. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just seems more effective. I'd like to know what that extra mm -hmm. something is, because no other service has ever given me... An algorithm this accurate. Yeah, I agree. Like Pandora's has never been as good. No, it hasn't. It seems like they're iteratively improving it, but still not in the same. It's not like Spotify, yeah. man. Like I'm the, you go know, to Spotify. Spotify will hit me with something that I haven't heard in years on the '80s playlist, and I'm like, yes, you know, yeah, it right. just seems to know a little bit more than the other services, and I'm not sure what that is. Oh. But let's talk about something. It's not a tech show, though, right? We, no, but I love this. No, okay. literally, I'm like, it's so, a I don't even care. Ryan, <laughs> let me ask you this. So I've been DJing with Spotify. Mm -hmm. And when I DJ between Spotify and something on my, you know, iTunes or a CD or vinyl, Spotify, same level of volume sounds so much better. Oh, it just sounds like a better mastered record and somebody told me there is a like a processor spotify puts all their stuff through to make it sound a little better do you know anything about that i don't know anything all? about that i mean i've heard of similar things on the apple side I yeah know, like they keep like higher quality masters and if you like upload your own music they'll match to that kind of music and right like that other recording and sometimes it goes wrong but I'm sure they figured out what makes sense for how people listen now, too. Well, it's amazing, though. Yeah, because MP3 is not very good to begin with, and streaming is not very good to begin with. So right. it's probably easy to improve on that, because the you know, yeah. compression rates are really terrible compared to, like, raw music. It just sounds so much better than anything else I play, like, back-to-back, -back, you know, because I'll go from Spotify to vinyl or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's just amazing to me when the Spotify track hits. So much cleaner. Sounds so much better through the stereo system. Yeah. You know, so. Their secret sauce, and that's probably what makes it does. It does yeah. feel better when you listen to it. That might be why I didn't even really yeah. pay attention to that. Yeah. I do love when you get a collection, though, where, like you said, you get a song, and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, I forgot about that. The other day I was watching something, and uh, it was on Facebook. I don't know why I got this, but, um. They had this mortal coil, uh, Cocteau Twins, yeah. singing uh, the Song of the Sea or whatever it was. No, oh, it's called something else. Anyways, um, but it's a live video of her singing, which you don't song see Song of the Siren? Often. Yeah, Song of the yeah, Siren. With this mortal coil, yeah. You don't see them very often, clips of her singing stuff, and so that I love and I love that music. And yeah, so me too. I was just like, oh, yeah. That's interesting that we both embraced that stuff. You know, a lot of people know who the Cocteau Twins are. But it's all the little side bands that she was in, like this yeah. little coil, like yeah. the collaborative record. That label, record label, is probably my favorite record label of all time. And I guess when you're a big enough music fan, you gravitate towards labels, right? Like, you know, yeah. you know your stuff. I would at one point, right? Yeah. So my sister and I went, um, uh, had a weekend together, and we busted out, like, throwing Muse's house tornado. Yes. Like, old stuff where I was like, oh, yeah. Like, even Real Ramona, like, one of the older records, or that was probably a newer one, but but I was just like, oh, yeah. And what I loved about it, 
and it was kind of, it was re-inspiring to me because if you listen to that music, it is not <laughs> nowhere near pop music. No, it's not. You know what I mean? It's esoteric, and I was surreal. Like, but it had a life. It had a life, or whatever. It inspired me to just keep doing my own music, just just because you can get in those. You just if you've had been in the music industry sure. at all, or I think a lot of people, you you start to think about, oh, but where would this go, or right. you know, what what so business wise, you know, whatever. And I I find that very pointless, especially in the middle of creation, just to, to think about that at all because I can't. I just I feel Carrie, like that's way. interesting to me because I feel like the music that your bands created was you you guys you guys were a little more mainstream than the. Four AD bands, like four AD oh, yeah. bands, are you know yeah, way yeah. out there, and I love that stuff. But you were writing songs, like you had a country element to what you were yeah. doing for a while, yeah. punk rock element to what you were doing for a while. Yeah. Did you ever come to the band and say, "I want to do something like this," and have and get vetoed? Well, only later, I think, when I got tired of how we were writing and other things began to interest me, like Interpol. Like I like Interpol, yeah, yeah, yeah. or I like again more of a new wave element where you've got. Danny and Garth would, and Chris probably had a more Wilco fascination going on. Maybe not so much Danny, but like I think Garth and Chris really loved Wilco and had specific writers that they really loved their style. And there's n- nothing wrong with that. But I, w- I was sort of like, mm, well, you know, I'm kind of want to do something else. Yeah. And so, but that became kind of the end of the band naturally anyways. Not because of that. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a natural progression when either you're either growing together or it's like, and eh, this is where it peters out, you know. For Why many, did Hammerbox break up? Because um, you guys were, you guys had how many major out, label albums? You, you were signed we to A&M? One. Okay. We were signed to A&M. We had a two record guarantee, and so this is where I got yelled at, because after this first record, I, I quit. Um, but James had quit first, and we just had, we just had, there was, it's my opinion, and we've all since talked about it, there was just some really oppressive passive-aggressive 20-something dynamics going on. And nobody was going to confront or engage to discuss. You know what I mean? Like, hey, uh, so-and-so doesn't really appreciate that you're talking shit about how he plays bass, you know? Or right. uh, And it's hurting his feelings. But as opposed to getting together and saying, hey, knock it off, he just, you know, it got to be too much for him. And so he quit. And that always feels weird when right. you've got a founding member who quits and then I feel like the rest of us were sort of, you have to be willing to sort of take on the problem. Right. And I certainly at that age wasn't mentally or verbally equipped to fight the good fight. I just didn't know how to communicate like that. I, I like everybody else, wasn't good with confrontation. I kind of felt like I get, kept getting put in the role of like, well, you talk to this person, you deal with it. And I was like, I could barely deal with myself. Like, why don't you deal with like right. So it just became really immature. I feel like right. a lot of it's immaturity. But I particularly had one. I wanted to start writing. It's, uh, uh, in Hammerbox, I wrote all the uh, lyrics, most of all the lyrics, and uh, created melody. Um, but I never fully wrote a song. And so at some point, I wanted to start writing songs. And I perceived a practice that we had as um that not being very welcomed Uh and and what again what i love about the 20s is with absolutely no fear at all i was like i'm done and walked and with a major label deal at a time grunge was blowing (laughs) up what time did you when did your major label record come out what year 90 95 95 no 94 95 94 95 okay yeah 
And then we had a second guarantee, of which we never made. Right. You know, but oh yeah, I, I caught, I mean, I got phone calls from our managers and everybody going, you're ruining everybody's lives and you're crazy, you'll never get this again. And um, I just did not worry about it because it felt, the music scene was so healthy that it didn't seem conceivable that I couldn't throw together another band. Right. And play the crap out of it, do the same routine. Right. Luckily you could kind of then do the same routine catch attention, get a bidding war, and get yeah. signed again. Never even crossed my mind I wouldn't do that. And that is what I miss about the 20s. It's just a balls out, like, that's not working for me. I'm done. <sighs> Isn't it funny to look back on that decade, man? I mean, you know, it's... Everybody... It, because I put this movie out a couple of years ago, and yeah. we were touring film festivals, everybody inevitably asks you, A, what the scene's like now. Yeah. You know, tell us about Kurt and Courtney, or, yeah. or give us stories about the old days. And, uh... It's like lore. It's really weird, man. It's really weird. It is like yeah. lore. Especially like to people out of here. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Or London. Yes. Or Don't Manchester. Yeah, with the Smiths. Like, I, you know, Some 24-hour party people I'd really be getting into that. Magical, yeah. Sure. Um, but when we were in the middle of it, it felt like this was a small town. It was. It just felt like a small town. Everybody knows yeah. each other. Yeah, it was. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you all play with each other. Yeah. And so it just, you know, because the internet had not blown up at that point. True. It just it had didn't even really exist for any of us to use until what year? Like, when did the internet really start? I mean, it's big. Big was like 99, 2000 was right. when it started. That's when it I started found, getting bigger, yeah. I found all of our touring notebooks with handwritten addresses in them for right. Hitbox. Right, Like, this is how we'll contact you. Yep. Like, no emails. Like, this is just how people... But, audience was to show up. What I find really sad right now is, like, you have the internet and all of this at your hands, and you can't get a crowd to show up. Like, that's complacency in another area, where I'm like... Dude, we didn't have any of that and people showed up because right. they appreciated it or loved it. Or- but but I, I do believe that there's a reason for that. And, and it affects me and I think it affects the music industry as a whole. When you have so much, yes. it's, it's hard to decipher yes. what to go to, Such a bummer. what to listen to. <laughs> I You know, I'll get home sometimes and be in a music mood, huh. open up my laptop and, oh, I have every single album that ever came out in yep. the history yeah. of the world. How do you feel? Right. I'm going to watch the news. <laughs> What's on CNN? That partially could be due to age. I know you get older and you, you know, things. I, fucking getting older sucks. You think so? Yeah, I fucking think it sucks. At least right now. We can turn it around. Okay, so this is why I wanted you. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do this podcast with you. You seem to have a completely different perspective, but you might have shared my perspective at one point. Oh, I still share your perspective. Okay. But so can we agree that getting old sucks? There are things I'm noticing I do not like. That's okay. what I was saying. Yeah. I would say the physical problems are different. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Well, I will say this. Do I either... So I, I feel pretty... I was telling my brother this. I mean, there, I feel more um, aches and pains in, like, my hips because I haven't exercised, right? So if you head into your 50s and you haven't exercised a lot, that's going to develop, right? So that freaks me out. If I'm sitting somewhere and I get up and I go, oh, ow. Right. Um, I'm like, that's like my grandmother used to move. Ooh, that's not cool. I have that... Um, I don't, you know, like my gray, I'm probably still covering. And so right. I'm not, not ready for how can I make that look cool or something or how I like it. Right. Um, but other than that, I don't take medication. I don't have any massive diseases. I don't have, I'm pretty freaking grateful. So I know that I'm in good shape. Right. Uh, other than gallstones, apparently I've yeah. got to deal with. Oh, no. But I'm not in pain. 
It's just, I, I just, you know, I had, I happen, we're segueing into my gallstones. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not in pain. It's not like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I got to go get surgery now, but apparently it's got to be dealt with. Um, yeah. Uh-oh. Anywho. Well, I ended up getting that when I was young still, and that was the first thing. They were like, you're pretty young for this. And gallstones? Yeah, I had my gallbladder removed when you I was did. in You did? All right, you're fine. Yeah. So I, don't I just don't anymore. like That's body fine. parts removed. I'm just like, no, I come on now. I wouldn't either, but yeah. at the point where they were like, yeah, you got to do this or you're going to die. Well, that's what they said to me. I was like, well, why? What if I said I'm not in pain? I just happen to have had a couple episodes after very fatty food and whatever. But they're like, well, one, they don't dissolve. They don't go away. Nope. And they're like, two, should one go down your tube? It goes to your pancreas and you die. And I was like, oh. Holy crap, really? Yeah, little details like that are important. And I was like, oh, there's no halfway point on that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So we will be dealing with that in October, probably. Having a lift? Yeah. It's a a very easy surgery. You're in and out. You don't even know. That's what I heard. Yeah. I, I had to let you doing it right when I had to move, so that oh, was really, really good time. Could you move after? No, so you had to like lift stuff after. Oh, that was the best part. Oh, you couldn't. Everybody <laughs> came to my aid because I was like, "Shit, I'm, I'm on bed rest, you guys, and I gotta move." I can't. So it was perfect. Oh, oh yeah, that is good, man. That's awesome. Okay, but my other, but my um, perspective is is a determined one um, because what is my alternative? Like, you know, uh, I, you know, my mom passed four years ago. And so that was a big change. That's a big, like, uh, changing point for me. Not that crap wasn't, like, I wasn't dealing with a bunch of midlife or um, dep- life stuff, right? Like, so for me, like, 2004, I hit some sort of wall or peter out of music and boyfriends or whatever else and literally fell flat on my face into a depression. Yeah. And felt, it was the first time I ever felt lost. And I'm, I'm totally today working on it. Like, like, literally couldn't, I was like, now what? Like, um, hey, It used to come to me, and now, yeah, now it's just... Hi, what are you doing? Like a series hey. of really intense phone calls. That's oh, okay. I'm sorry, and you're recording. Oh, it's well, fine. Dave's here. here. Oh, yeah, okay, everybody. that's fine. <laughs> I want to have... Uh, my roommate just walked too. in. I'd love to. Okay, good. I'd love to. Welcome to my house. You're welcome to join. mix of uh, Spanish colonial revival and seven-year-old. It's beautiful. You're welcome to join if you want. No, but hi. Okay. See you later. We've had guests before show up. Yeah, this is what makes it kind of fun. Um, uh, I, I guess I sort of look at it as a little bit of determination, right? I'm not saying it's easy. Like I got, like you said, you got up today and you said I almost called. Well, I got up today hoping you almost called. You know? Like, <laughs> Why did I know that? Right? <laughs> like because I just have fear. I have fear, and what is that fear? And so I'm making myself. Hopefully, you're not overdoing it because I have a tendency to like, woo, get into it. My mom used to say like, lighten up, Francis. Like, stop overthinking. Um, but I'm choosing right now, like I'm not working and I'm choosing to sort of, I think what I'm doing is I'm choosing to really take a look at some of my foibles and address them. And it's much easier to do that with a lot more time and space than with a full-time job. And so that for me is my sense of fear and safety for some reason and loneliness and purpose and what direction am I going in and literally exercise and body right? Like I haven't exercised regularly in 11 years. I don't like how I look. I don't feel quite as capable because of my weight and all that can all do that. Right. But also that cannot be the end of my life. That can't, this can't be it. So, but I realize it's up to me. And so that's my wall I hit. I'm like, well, Care Bear, you want to change that? What are you going to do about it? Well, I certainly don't like hearing that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to have to work. I don't want to work for any of this shit. And now it it is come to the time where I 
have to. Mm -hmm. I'm 52 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, I like you. I mean, surprisingly, my health is pretty darn good. I've got a couple of things. I take, you know, I take meds for for depression. But other than that, my blood pressure, you know, all my stuff's great. I can actually, you know, I can... I walk like a mother because I don't yeah. have a car, so I'm always busting and walking because I can't afford Uber either. Right. This is the most unsexy interview I've ever <laughs> done in my life, by the way. <laughs> I'm used to doing interviews. Well, see, and this is why I thought it would be fun. Side note, I thought it would be fun to talk to you about real shit. Like, real shit, you know, it should be fun. Right. It's real. I can go on other radio stations and go, oh, yeah, fabulous. Yeah, everything was great. But the bottom line is... I fucked up a lot of shit. So now I'm kind of trying to build things back. Yeah. And it's still a struggle, but, you know, I mean, so the reason I was going to call you and cancel is I've been on a fishing boat for three days, running around with a buddy, and it's been so fucking fun. That's awesome. But exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not like real, you know, and then run to the front of the boat. Well, is it a good exhausting? You know what I mean? Like, you know when you get home and you're like... No, it's the kind of exhausting that even when you sleep a full night's sleep, you still wake up and everything hurts. Yeah. And everything... And that's why I was like, I'm not going to be... I'm just going to look at her and smile and and, and turn my... You know, and fucking try to... uh, Try to get through this interview. But then I just made a decent meal. And I just, like, relaxed for a little bit in my room. Just kind of brought the energy. Because when I get up... I get up and I'm a fucking tornado most yeah. of the time. I mean, yeah. it's like that's awesome. Yeah. See how the fish are. Go out to the little, you know. Yeah. I just run around and sort of do a lay of the land. Yeah. Um, it's a meditation in some ways. Right? Today, my roommate woke me up at like seven and said, "Let's go walk down to the corner and get coffee," which is like half mile down. Right. Just trying to, you know. Get, get some up. things, yeah, Ooh. get some things rolling. That's a big thing for me because I had any, like, uh, my again, my mother used to say it, but in any reading or analysis of me that has ever been done, uh, and I think about this almost every morning, it's like, you're somebody, when you get up, you need to get up. Like, don't linger in your bed, like, right. thinking right, right. about stuff like, get up. So that's a big thing for me. It's is to get up this right. year. Like get up, go. So your kids help though with that because they make you get up sometimes. Yeah, you don't get a choice. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have kids, Ryan? I have a teenager now, so oh my god, oh my god, that's that. right. But yeah, boy or girl, girl. Yeah. So it's a whole well, I feel like it compounds my laziness when I see them being all great. Uh, if I'm thinking negative, I'm always like. I feel worse because I'm just sort of like, oh, you're having it so easy. Why? Uh, I go down this whole like. You have a boy, right? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you both. How old's your boy? Nine. So up till nine, mm-hmm. you know, how old you're a little girl? She's or, sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. not yeah. a little girl. Yeah. So what would you say is harder, raising a little boy or a little girl? Girl. You know, they have I, their, I don't have one, but I, I think they have their differences. <laughs> it always seemed like raising boys looked easier because I didn't have a boy to raise, and knowing how easy I was probably yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like. I think it's just it's different. It's definitely interesting. I think the teenage years are way harder than when she was young. That's what though. I heard. You know, like she was like. She's still a great kid. My husband said to me, when we found out we were having a boy, I thought for sure I'd be having a girl. I was all geared to, like, you know, girl power. And uh, I was running against the world. Um, (laughs) But then uh, we we found out we were having a boy, and Marty goes... Oh, honey, you're going to be so happy you're having a boy. And I go, why? And he goes, simple creatures, honey. Simple creatures. (laughs) And in, in some ways, that's true. 
You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't have the emotion. I was just talking to somebody else who has girls. The emotionality and the spectrum and the manipulation and the um, girls can start manipulating in a very psychological way much younger or ever than boys do. Orion will be emotional or he might play me because he's definitely, you know, mommy's boy, but, but he'll play me in some ways, but he's not being a bitch, you know, he's not like, right. I'm going to like mess with you. Right. You know, he's like, whatever, I'm going, it's, I'm like, going over oh, to Tom's house. He upset and huff around right. or whatever. Be like, well, I can wait that out. That's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a call when you're ready to like, <laughs> were you like that as a girl? No, no, I really wasn't. I was much more of I probably quiet and a, very much a watcher. Like my memories of being on the playground are like being somewhere and just watching everyone, you know. And I still, I think in some ways, I'm definitely still that. And I struggle with that due to being in a public artistic arena, like because that the, I I conflict with that a lot. Because there's a part of me that's like, well, why don't you just let me sit here and watch? Or can I do can I do the show over here privately from the corner? And it's like, no, what you do is you lead sing. So you have to get right. up for everybody. And that's you're, kind you're of, ah, ah, something in me is very like, oh, God. like. But then there's another. Has it always been like that for you? Oh, God, yeah. So even like when you were, you know, when Hammerbox was starting to tear it up, did you still feel like I oh. don't, I, I don't that's a hard this. gig? Oh, God, yeah. I remember I was dating Dave Hawks, and I remember, um, I, like, before a uh, rock candy show, just really just being like, I just want to stay home and take a bath and read comics. I don't want to go. I just And he would be like, I don't get it. He's like, people pay money to see you. What is your problem? Blah, blah. And I was like, this is not natural for me. This is not. Right. Uh, Although singing, you've always, you felt is natural. Yes, right? yeah. That, I believe, is a God-given, like, you know, not that that's so, like, ooh, but... It, annoyingly so it's like if somebody said like you've been given this voice you should be like spreading it everywhere i'm like well it doesn't quite work out like that it doesn't it's not like i've like yeah so i'm you know there's other people we know who seek it Do out you right? believe that you have a fantastic voice in your heart of hearts yes good because you do you do <laughs> thank you <laughs> and your voice is really to me it's always been it has a lot of depth like because it always felt remember when concrete blonde came out mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, her voice is so different than yeah. the music. And I've, I felt that way about your voice, too. Your voice, to me, always sounded more mature mm -hmm. than sort of the punk attitude mm -hmm. that the Hammerbox had. Some mm -hmm. of those songs were, yeah. you know, like Head. That's, a, yeah. that, that's an edgy little song. Yeah. Well, and for the longest time, I felt like that was a problem. You know what I mean? Because like, when 3 is 2... Shows off your range, right? That song right. shows off your range. Yeah. But you don't get that until you hit the chorus, right? right. You don't get that big, beautiful karaoke like, what's the chorus? Well, it's that whole growl, right? There's right. like, hey, you never would. There's this whole, like, angry part. There's the verse that's really quiet. Um, when three is two, you know, that yeah. whole, like, soaring kind of thing. Right. So it has everything in it. But I'll tell you this. It's taking me a really long time to just uh, be like, you are what you are. And if you don't own it, that's a shame. That's a crime. And I don't know. Um, I, I have spent, I would say, like, we've talked about this. I mean, I think I've spent 10 years, like, avoiding that. And you can't avoid yourself. And so this was the last year where I was like, no, I want, I want this is going to sound wrong. But it's like, no, I want my crown back. I'm going to right. be who I am. I'm very good at what I do. I want to almost like psychically put that out there. Like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. I can tell you all the times I tried to deny that and regret it. 
like regret it. I'm like, you are what you are. You can't stop the flow of what you are. Right. And, you know, it happens all the time in music where, um, for instance, and I could have been wrong, but like in goodness, finally somebody like Atlantic, Jason Flom, was like, we don't care about the band. We want to make a record with you, really. And right. I, I mean, I knew that day was coming. It was part of why we got signed to A&M Records, Timberbox did, right? Like, I have a pretty, like you said, full range generic could be turned into a lot of things yep. voice, right? So that I didn't makes say sense. generic. Well, in my <laughs> mind, see, that's what I did. <laughs> right, right, right. I think I you have that. a very unique... To me, you had a very commercial voice. Yeah. That didn't always... You didn't sound like fucking Courtney Love. Like, you had a quality voice that could you could also have been a country star. Oh, Reba. Like, anybody, Reba, yeah. or, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Courtney Love can only do one thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's, and she's done a whole thing out of it, right? right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But that, you ever meet her? I played a show with her. Hammerbox played a show with her. Yeah, I met her a couple times. I didn't meet her. I met her once, like, hi, but I stood next to her, like, watching conversations three or four times. Yeah. My, I'm, you gotta Tell remember, me a story. I'm super pragmatic. Tell me a story. Okay. Tell me a story. So, I'm going to preface with, I come from Scandinavia, very pragmatic kind of workhorse ethics, yeah. right? So, Hammerbox played a show uh, in Athens, GA, and whole, with whole, whole headlined, and we were opening up, and they were late. And she showed up in full, like, whiny, like, oh, my God, don't yell at me. Like, you guys. It was just that. And I hate that shit. Like, I just, I don't like that kind of stuff. You guys, stop yelling at me. We're late. And I was like, why are you the big deal? Like, really? Like, you're the power of women? You're a fucking whiny asshole. Can anybody have a cigarette? She kept walking around going, does anybody have a cigarette? Like, don't yell at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I hate people like you. Like, it goes against Everything I don't like. Like, right. really? Like, who the fuck? Although I fully respect her rock stardom. I mean, she... I do. Like, she her owns drive, it. Her she own, fucking she owns knows it. it. Like, I have full-on respect for all that. Has she treated people shitty? Yes. I don't love that. I think she's been terrible to people. Is she human? Yeah. I'm, I can't... I know she feels regrets on her days. I don't know how you would live and not, like... Right. And to survive all those things... The shit that happened to her. Yeah. yeah. I, my, my... I don't care. Either way, I have respect and compassion. You know? Would she be rude to me? Probably. I remember... I, Patty Schemmel and I were friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember we played Rock the Vote at the Palladium in L.A., and they were there, and Patty's like, oh, do you want to meet Courtney? And I was like, this is so me. I was like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. You said no. I, I said, love no. Because I was like, no, she's crazy. I know what that is. I'm not impressed by that. Like, she's good. She, one, she didn't give a shit about meeting me. Right. And I don't want that exchange. I'd rather, I was craving so bad and rarely ever got peer connection. Like, I wanted to commiserate with people. I wanted to find anybody to say, like, you know, like, buddies. Anybody's, you know what I mean? Like, and it just, I never did. Like, I don't know what you mean. Is that hard as a female musician? Uh, I just wanted, I wanted to meet anyone to say, oh God, me too. Let's buddy up. Let's go on tour together. Like, oh, how's it for you? Wow, this is weird for me too. Like, any friends, like, you know, any other artists who would be like, that you would get close to or bond to. You could call and say, by the way, does your label do this bullshit to you? Exactly. Does your A&R guy make you do that? Whatever. You know, like. And largely probably because I didn't reach out and ask. I was pretty darn, I was shy, super shy. I didn't reach out to people. Again, watch her. Like, so that's on me. Um, I met nice people along the way. Like Tanya Donnelly was great. Like, you know, I've met great people. Um, 
but too shy to pursue, you know, like, and I don't know, the grunge years were pretty sarcastic, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, I got called sensitive as an insult several times. Right. You know, like, so it, my person was not made to be, you know, I'm not snarky and mean and awful. I'm pretty, like, annoyingly, like, are you right? <laughs> so did you feel that you didn't fit in? Like, bigger picture, did you feel like you didn't fit into... Well, you know, when you think of the Posies, they were a pop band yeah. before they crunched things up on Dear 23, yeah, yeah. or on, uh, uh, what's the friggin' record? Dear uh, 23, right? No, Dear 23 is the first one. The good one is, not that the first one's not good, but, <laughs> you know, the one with, um... I can't remember, I won't remember. The no, Grunge Record. The Grunge Record. Dream people. all day, <laughs> I could dream all day. Amazing, no, that's the album after it. Frosting on the Beater. Oh, yeah. Right. So they they grunged up, they crunched things up, yeah, they brought yeah. in a producer. Yeah. Um, and they made, you know, they were a pop band that made a grunge record. And yeah. even Sky Cries Mary felt the pressure to sort of become not a dance band, but to become a rock band. Yeah. Can you add guitars to that track? Yeah. And I think that happened to a lot of bands. And I'm just wondering, you, you mentioned feeling a little out of place. Did, was it, did you feel... <laughs> Excuse my You're burp. <laughs> Excuse my burp. I've spilled food all over the couch. Wasabi peas, I love those things. Those are good. Um, did you feel ever like you did not fit into what was going on? In some ways, no. In some ways, no. Because you, like you said, it was a small town. We had yeah, our friends. Right. I felt like I was good at what I did. People yeah. liked it. So I was like, that's fine. I just had different dreams than like... I mean, I'm a new way baby. Like, I would have rather gone to England and, like, hung out with Catherine Wheel or, you know, right. like, a whole, like, or Swerve Driver. Or, like, right. I, I, I like that stuff. Like, I'm not the girl who gave a shit about the Stooges or whoever was, like, cool. You know, I, I that wasn't my thing. Right. So, in that way, I didn't feel like I fit in. Like, you know, there's, there's whole echelons of... Between Danny and Chris and all those guys and the bands they grew up on, or like Charles Peterson and the whole grunge, all those guys they revered. I'm like, none of those people are who I gave a crap about. I'm right. like, give me Depeche Mode, you know, or Susie Sue, or you know, or any of that. That's what was more fascinating to me. The Cure. The Cure, yeah. Suffers, whatever. Yeah, any of that. Like, I would have rather gone to Europe and done that than cared about being punk rock. Um, and then I did... Uh, and then I felt like I did a lot of natural things like, you know, goodness offered me a little more like pop rock kind of stuff. And I started to write and all yeah. of that. Um, and solo records were all mine, right? All day. And it's just me to wrangle with like what kind of music I'm making. Cause my voice can alt country pretty easy. And I, and you're good at it. You've got a twang. You've yeah. got, you got, you did on, see, and that's when I knew that you had depth. When, when three is two is the kind of song that can be this big old crunchy song and oh let's talk about and I, I know I've flipped this on you how Win 3 is 2 changed from the first record to your major label record because okay. the song changed I mean it got noisier oh yeah on the second record oh, yeah how did you guys was that something that was natural was that something that the label said Hey, everybody's breaking with guitars. Like, well, that's you know. Michael Beinhorn probably right. too, and okay. Harris. Harris is gonna you oh, Jesus. a couple more she channels, with, and he's like, "You worked sure. with Beinhorn, yes? Did you lose your drummer after that? No, I have to say, he tried. Yeah, oh, believe me, he beat the crap out of Dave. Yeah. Um, but one thing I give Dave, Dave, Dave's <laughs> like, oh, stubborn, like you know, like mm, that ain't happening. And we didn't. That was you know, just like you'd hear um, with Hole too, like. 
we we were odd enough. I don't know. We were definitely strong enough to be like, no, that's not ha- no, that's not happening. Patty left those sessions crying. Yeah. When Hall went oh, into no, the studio, he was awful, like, awful today. If you're like, not, if your timing isn't impeccable, you're out mm-hmm. of the fucking band. Jeez. He would rather. And you're a loser. You're a loser. He would rather bring, Byhorn as a producer, would rather bring in a session player to, like, make a band sound better than try to keep any kind of cohesive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, body yeah. uh, alive. Yeah. Which I appreciate from a producer's yeah. perspective. He doesn't get a, give a shit about the story. He gives a shit about the product. Mm-hmm. But somebody's got to be yeah. thinking about the the you know the health of yeah. the band. Yeah. But I I really give kudos to Dave for like sticking it out. Like he stuck it out, and we weren't gonna good man. Dave out. We were like right. No, and he's perfectly you know he knew his own foibles. Like Dave knew like I know I'm not the best at this or the best at that, but this is our band, and right. that was it. Period. Bynorn to me though was super nice. Oh, Benny was nice to you. Oh, my God. I still have the headphones and the Edith Piaf collection he bought me. <laughs> yeah, because he knew I loved Edith Piaf. That's really funny. Yeah. Of course he's not going to lose you. You're the money. You're like, the money, sister. You're the money, <laughs> girl. <laughs> I like hey, be, I want hey, to be the money again. That's what I want to be is the money again. Because that's part of the midlife thing for me right now is the accepting, like, this is a part of who I am. What I will do with it. Is gonna just be right in front of me. Like I want to go record with Steve again. Yeah. And there's a whole nother record that's come out. Like it's whole uh, around with a whole bunch of new songs. So I'm excited about that. But so we're back a to a brand like, new record. Mm-hmm. That uh, what? Hold on. You so want? I have enough songs for a whole nother record, and I think I'm gonna go record it with Steve. Steve Fisk. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, he did wow. my last solo record. Okay. And so I feel like his skills are. Good. I mean, he's always been fantastic, but yeah. Man, what he did with that last the uh, freaking band that moved here, who uh, Rolling Stones number six record of the year so last good. year, Charlie. <laughs> oh, did we? They moved here. Yeah, the record's huge. Like Not Rolling more. Stone chose it as the Why am I Seattle band. They moved here. God damn it! When you say on? it, I'll be like, oh yeah, three piece. Three piece. Yeah. Um, Primus, no. <laughs> no Maybe they're a four-piece Hold on, let me scan through this Not the Cure Not, <laughs> not, not Dirty cure. Projectors oh, Not Elbow Not oh, You probably just posted about it, too It's going to be somebody big and we're all right. No, it's a big band I mean, their the record was chosen on almost every single end of the year the list heart? No, no, no. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they're like an eighteen million piece band. <laughs> like, right? God damn it! Breed kind of style. They, uh, I think they write good songs. I just don't get the revival of folk, like the you know yeah. two thousand seventeen folk. But yeah. like, all good songs. Even though, Newgrass is coming back. Disparage. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. yeah, it's all talent. I mean, it's, it's talent and it's good, stuff, but yeah. it's been done before. And I find I always have like everybody wants to be Bob Dylan. Like, how are you, yeah. Well, Bob Dylan was 20-something at one point, yeah, right? Exactly. He was like, I'm sure it's the same thing. Where Now I'm feeling old because I'm like, why the hell do you know about that? Like, <laughs> Why can't you remember the name of this damn band? I don't know. Let's call Steve. Find <laughs> out. Oh, I don't know. He recently produced their record? Yeah. Three words. Uh, car seat headrest. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so he did that record, and that record was like one of the biggest indie darling records of last year. Awesome. It's one of my favorites. Have you listened to that record all the way through? I have not. Okay, go home and okay. just let it happen because okay. it is 
unfucking believable as an album. I haven't oh, I liked it. an album, much less guys that live here now. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. In a long, long time. It's so That's fantastic. That's a good feeling, though, isn't it? Yeah. See, my thing with Steve is that, and, and with doing a project is... The fun part is the making of the record, and I want to do it with someone who actually gives a shit about me. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, talk about a simple request, but it's kind of big, and it's part of my fear base where I'm like, I just want to work with people who actually like me. Yeah. <laughs> Fisk also mixed the new Ben Gibbard solo record. I saw that. Did you, you see what record that is? It's all covers, right? It's yeah, it's, the, it's bandwagon-esque. It's the Teenage yeah, Fan Club yeah. album all the way through. How cool is that that you're like, I'm doing this. It's like one of my favorite records. Well, apparently how that worked out for Ben is there's a website that challenges bands to go record the, uh, their favorite album. Go or, or, and maybe it's a song, but Ben chose to go record the whole thing. I don't know the entire story, but I know it's no longer on this website. Okay, it's not just a website thing. Now it's out on you know regular. Yeah, regular through his label through their label or independent. See, I don't know if it's Atlantic, but the songs are fantastic. Well, do you ever have like? You know what I realized, too? What? I never knew half the fucking lyrics on that album. But Ben <laughs> Ben enunciates more than anybody I've ever noticed. There is no slurring with any Ben Gibbard stuff. Every word is enunciated. Because like he, he cares. Because he, he cares, yeah. It's just like he's so, like, he doesn't drop anything. No fucking vowels are dropped. No consonants are dropped. Every bit of that word is or pronounced and... It's so weird because I didn't know half of the lyrics on some of my favorite songs but on that he album. He probably does like adore the poetry of it. Like he's singing it because he loves the song. It's his favorite album. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome though. I love. Yeah, it it's really way. great. I do. Do you have things so like, you know, back to like the midlife, like what propels you or whatever? Like my my thing is, I truly believe, and not that I've harnessed it, is that phase two is really about doing what you want to do and revisiting that and getting into it. And it takes like courage, effort and all these things, which are the full blockers to doing that. Right. That's why people stay in the jobs and they right. don't change. And they, right. I think this is really, really the like, this is like a quest story where it's like, you must get through the dark forest before you can, you know, right, right. get to your kingdom. But like, I have things that I'm making myself ask for that. I, that I still, when I ask for them, I have fear. Like I, I want to put out records. I want a manager. Like, and I can feel all the voices come up. Like, well, who are you? You're not anybody right now. Like, who would want to work with you? You can't make money for them. Nobody's got time. And I have this whole shitload of self doubt. (laughs) Yeah. That that, that goes against every, like, I guess, metaphysical thing I do believe where I'm like, well, if you want it, ask for it, it'll show up. Why can't it? Right. There's no, there's no no, uh, end to the amount of things you could have. Like, there's no scarcity. I don't believe there's scarcity, but this mind fuck is a real struggle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to manifest yeah. it into being. I mean, the yeah. good thing is, is that the it's so it's so different, like how music works now. Like just with having a yeah. teenage daughter, she discovers everything through YouTube. Like, right. she yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like the sound quality is so shitty it through is. YouTube. Yeah. Man. I mean, yeah. it's gotten a little better, I think, depending on who's recording it. But right. Some of these kids she likes are like kids in their bedroom recording. Totally. Right. And you know, they're using whatever crappy laptop built in microphone. Yeah. But is that like the is that, that like present day like mixtape, <coughs> you know? Or like yeah. in my home, like it doesn't have to be good because that's what you're doing, you know. It's yeah. the independence of it all, like I right. that. And then as they, they get better, you know, they get better equipment, they record better and like you can right. follow yeah. them growing through this music. Yeah. And it's really it's way more personal. 
Well, we're definitely, yeah. it's way more personal, and we're definitely in the day and age that anybody can be a rock star. Yeah. If you fucking work hard enough, and you're, you you work on your skills, and, and you know, there's so much more that's involved with being famous or being a yeah. rock star. It's yeah. not just about the fucking music anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, a, it's mainly about marketing. I mean, you've got to have good songs, but... You know, you've got to be a, a bit of a hustler yeah. when it comes to, you know, being on the game, being aware of this digital world and how to rein it, you know, how to make it work for you. Um, it's really interesting. It's really different, but it's fun watching kids do it because they're so much fucking better than we are. Well, they've got all the time <laughs> in the world. They're at the age where it's perfect to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm more in, I'm more interested in crafting my adventure, right? Like I don't want to get an event, you know, I'm not going to. I don't want that. Like, I want little adventures. Right. That's what I want. Like, I would love to, I want to go to Europe, you know? Like, if in, look, I want a small label. I want to put records out. I'd like some adventures in Europe. Um, I'd like to throw, make some videos and throw those up or whatever, but that's okay for me. Like, I don't need to be huge. Right. Um, to get to do that, I want to play, like, I just want to get organized to sign up for all the festivals next year. Right. Yeah. Be that the Northwest or whatever, make a killer record, right? And cross your fingers that like it's still possible. Somebody finds it and fucking loves it, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, that could happen, right? Um, but that's it. Like I'm not looking. Okay, for big huge. question, big question that I'm sure we both suffer from, but I got to ask you about it. How many times do you go out and play live and, and hear people yelling Hammerbox songs from Hammerbox songs from the past? Do people? Do you feel that your past dictates who you are as an artist today, and you, would you wish it didn't? No, I don't think it does, gratefully. Sometimes it happens, but I'm grateful for it. I mean, I love I love the idea that something resonated that's 20 years old, 25 yeah. years old, yeah. and someone still loves it or affected their life. So yeah. I'm, it doesn't happen so much that I'm, like, plagued. Right. Um, it does happen. I'm always like, oh, awesome. Yeah, no, I won't be playing that. Like, I, one, I'm not Danny Newcomb. I don't play Superwise. Right. Like, you know, right. Rotheria is too. Right. I'm, I may every once in a while just try and bust it out acapella. Like, right. Rotheria is too. I've done yeah. that. Like, like what songs? Rotheria is too. Bust it out acapella right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Give us a little bit. A little bit. So, when the world takes a bite, left holding the blur of the last night, well, then and now don't make much sense. Twisted souls are the only evidence. And I wonder why I do the things I do. One plus one has always meant more than two. Woo! Happy, then content. And change the channel, and now I'm bent on leaving you. that that wouldn't be awkward asking you to do that. <laughs> you have a beautiful voice and that's just fucking... See, okay, so that brought back memories for me. That gave me chills. You know how many fucking times I've played that song on the radio? So, you're grateful and I am trying very hard to be grateful because yeah. I've never... Everybody wants me to be the 90s guy. 
As far as I'm concerned, I'm a fucking 80s guy. Like, the music that I enjoy playing. Like, the other night I went to a party, and it was a house party. And I don't know if they always have turntables set up with a stack of records, but they asked me if I wanted to DJ. Well, of course. I knew no one else at the party. Oh, you'd be proud of me. I went to a party. Carrie, this is like what we've been talking about. Meeting new people. Meeting friends that don't you know, necessarily know who the fuck you are or hold you, you know, meeting real friends. Do they make you laugh? Do they like you? Yeah, they're cool people to hang (laughs) out with, you know. Uh, And so I got in there and I was DJing and then I went and rated the rest of his records and all I wanted to play is 80s. You know, I fucking, and the whole place was like, yeah, dancing and whatnot because I think there's been, well, there's been, you know, comebacks of the 80s. There's been, you know, music from the 90s is now popular with 20-somethings again. Um, but there's times I struggle with it. I don't yeah. want to be... I'm not listening to 90s records anymore. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'll go yeah. back and listen to Low Life from New Order or The yeah. Smiths or, or, you know, because I'm 52. That's Those records came out when I was 19 and 20 and 21, 23, and, like, that was that moment for me. Now, I happen to be really lucky that I was thrown into a scene that exploded right when right. I got here, but it's like the war, you know... Kurt Cobain dies, or anybody else dies, Chris Cornell dies, Mm -hmm. and I've got six magazines wanting to talk to me about Chris Cornell's death, and I understand that. I checked out that week, though. That was not a week. That was a really uh, rough rough week for me. I did nothing. I talked to no one. And I did it out of... I wasn't in a great space, and I just wanted to respect his honor. In a a different way than being a loud mouth. You know what I mean? So, um, but the point I'm making is, we were both something in the 90s. (laughs) Like, you know, do you, you have a lot of respect for that time period and you have no problem cranking out when three is two. Mm -hmm. There's times that, you know, I go and do a grunge brunch because I need to make some money, mm-hmm. but, you know, do I really want to be playing men in the fucking box right. while people are eating right. eggs Benedict? Well, and, like, <laughs> yes, I do, because I want that fucking money, sure. but, and, and it pays great money, don't, wrong don't with that. but I sometimes get in the zone, like, I'm still really into new music. I could play you five unsigned artists right now from my yeah. phone that you'd yes. be like, holy fuck. That's what I'm listening to. You should start you know? doing that. So my thing, here's why I don't care, is that I don't think I ever cared. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I always considered myself a fluid person and imagined I was going to be that way till I die. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I am this person drifting through this experience, right? right? But I am way more than this. I am many things. Did you, you know? ever get tired of playing that song? No, I mean, it's fun to rock out to. You know what yeah. I mean? It's fun to run. It is. I have so much more appreciation of getting to run around and sweat and scream and spit yeah. on a regular basis. Because that never happens now. I never do that. I never get to go like, you know, like, you know, it's just right. like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, years and years, I think of doing it. If I had stayed in the band, I'd gotten depressed, you know, like way more depressing. That That's difficult for me. The the I mean, some of the things Hammerbox was writing at the end were just, I think Harris laughed. The, the last lyrics I wrote, I think, in that band were literally called Surrounded Beaten. Like, the whole oh. song's course was Surrounded Beaten. Like, he was like, shit. And I was like, wow. yes, like, that's how I felt, kind of. But, but I don't consider myself 
I, I really see myself as an artist, right? And I happen to have done that. I happen to have done that. Now I'm going to go do this because I'm not going to end. I have more music to write. So right. I see me. Right. And me is now like, uh, I've got music that I wrote with my mom passing and all right. of that. That is who I am. That can go on forever. So I have an easier time um, not giving a shit because I'm on to, I want to be on to other things. Right. I need to be. Um I definitely have at times on massive burnout on Seattle, a big reason we moved to Minneapolis. Um, it's because I couldn't, I, I didn't feel like I could get out from under the past psychologically. I didn't feel like I could be new. I feel like every road I went down was a memory and I just couldn't psychologically get Now you're talking about on top exactly, of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I will say this, you will feel better if you embrace like... You're into new music now. Well, then go do the shit out of that right, in some right. format that makes you happy. And your only compass is what makes you happy. Right. Because you're way more than that. And right. yeah, of course, you know, it's logical. People are going to ask you about stuff because well, you're connected. But that's not who you are. Right. You're not done. Right. But I put out a fucking movie about it. <laughs> so it's gonna be, I'm going to be running for that shit. Yeah. No, you know what? Here, here's my thing. Um, I, I never say, wanted to be the 90s guy. And every radio station that I've worked for wants me to do the oldies show because I can bring and you know the only the the smartest boss I ever had was in Sacramento and he goes okay so what if we gave you a new music show too and they were back to back and I'm like sold yeah. like I, I will talk about the past for days but I don't want, want to I just don't want to go out like that like it's been talked about yeah. a million times let's talk about this new kid on the east side that I think is going to be the next coming of Christ let's mm -hmm. co let's talk about you know some of these bands now coming up in the scene that I think are brilliant and then I'll tell some fucking stories about whoever so what what I tried to do when I went around with film festivals, like I did some radio takeovers mm -hmm. and I made it 50-50. I did a show for Red Bull in, in England, like, mm -hmm. or for, in Austria, not mm -hmm. England. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was awesome. So I did a show, Mike McCready came in. Mm -hmm. So we talked about Pearl Jam and Temple of the Dog and like these things that, you know, because uh, overseas grunge is still oh. held. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's massive, right? Still. Mm -hmm. So I did half and half and I cut in interviews with Courtney and I played versions of songs that, you know, they may not have heard. But then I also spiced in, you know, uh, uh, bands that I, are here in the scene and mm -hmm. that I think are killer, like Car Seat Headrest mm -hmm. or uh, Taco Cat. Right. Sound Taco Cat sounds great next to Hole. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and it gives it perspective. So, you know, to me, that's the, the magic mix. But I'll tell you what, when the 10th anniversary of Nevermind came out, I thought that I, I, I honestly thought like, I'm going to get off track a little bit here, but do you remember there was sort of a code back in the day? Like, you didn't talk to the press. Like, especially about Kurt. Yeah. Like, there was the whole, like... There was a code about all of it. There was a code about all that bullshit, right? So I still kind of have that weirdo code, and I noticed that when I watched... Kurt's film, Montage of Heck, I'm still with the family. Like, I'm with, yeah. fuck you, dude. Yeah. How dare you have a scene of Kurt nodding off holding the baby and you hold that fucking scene. Yeah. Fuck you. And I understand it's from the perspective of an angry daughter. And she has every fucking yeah. right to be angry. So you know, her father left her. And so I just felt that the film, although artistic and moments of total brilliance, 
I still have that code. I still have yeah. the family code. Yeah. Like, I'm calling Kim Cobain going, dude, what happened? She's like, fuck that guy. We all have the Cobain code. <laughs> like, and I can't shake it, man. I can't shake it. I cannot look at things from an objective perspective because I've, I felt like they took me in and I always felt it was important to defend it. Yeah. Which is a tricky place to be when you have yeah. a radio show. Yeah. And you want to you want to get on the radio and tell people what happened the night before. Yeah. <laughs> because you want that lifestyle. You you yeah. you want to represent that lifestyle and yeah. the fun and you know what happened and Lanigan walked in and then we started slow dancing. Nobody expected it. Like right. you know there's I wanted to tell those stories but but then that was the code. Yeah. So it always but, <laughs> even the code and all of that and the whole era is gets so blown up into this like magic royalty. It's right. Not, it's not reality based, you know. Right. It's, those were people who had that experience in a public eye, right? right? And it gets used all these different ways. Yep. As it does. Right. And that's all it is. Right. I mean, I literally, I, I've, I've definitely been on and gone down like a Kurt and Courtney uh, YouTube sieve. And it depresses me so badly, and it consumes me. Yeah. That I'm always like, you know, and I'm like, not that I ever knew. I never knew Kurt. I didn't, you know. But I realize, I'm like, wow, that is, that is a powerful story, and I have to put it down. Right. Because it's too dark, and it's sad, and it would, I, I can't go anywhere with it. Right. And I don't know these people, but right. isn't that like what people do with People Magazine and fame and all that? Sure. You spend yeah. and, and utilize time um living in people's lives you don't even know. Right. Like, so well, there's so many things that... For, so when I was interviewed for this film, I, I had to sit down and say, which stories can I actually tell mm-hmm. on camera mm-hmm. that people will see and what stories are too sacred and too personal, even mm-hmm. though they make this... You know, they juicier. Yeah, it's just juicier. Make it more interesting. I chose not to do interviews for the 10th anniversary of Nevermind. And so, you know who did them? Kids that were interns at the station when I was there. Like interns. Yeah. I mean, they've grown up now. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to name names, but there were people there that started doing these interviews about Kurt and about... This person was 13 when this stuff right. was going on. And I'm sure they were into it, but they're giving, you know. So yeah, at that point, I decided, dude, you you have to talk about it. Because right. you were there. You, were, you witnessed it. You have to talk about it. And when I got approached to make this film, it originally was sold to me as this movie is going to be a... a a, a look at the Seattle music scene as seen through your eyes. So we're going to walk through the old venues. We're going to talk about, you know, the, the what was going on at the time. And then the story evolved. Did that, like, feel heavy, though, when someone said, like, we're going to make you go walk back through time? I'll tell you what. It, uh, it's harder to walk through time and look at your own failures than it is to look at someone else's. Yeah. And, yeah. and the heaviness. And... Like, so that, it didn't, we never really did that. Okay. I mean, we talked about old stuff. Yeah. But me talking about my own uh, demons and or what I consider to be failures um, or regrets. Sure. Uh, was even more difficult. And yeah. the reason that was difficult is I had no place to put it. You know, in a 12-step meeting, yeah. you, you walk into a meeting or you, you know, you do your steps 
you apologize to the people, you make restitution, you help other people afterwards. And so you're freed of that guilt. Like me bringing up all this shit that I had done in the past for this film, I'd go home and sit in this shit. And there were times, finally, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't for eight hours talk about my addiction and blah, 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 blah. And you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. What ended up happening to me is I realized I have changed the story mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. What really happened was not sexy at all. It wasn't rock star at all. It was right. fucking sad. Mm-hmm. And it was terrible for my parents. And it was terrible for the people who loved me. Mm-hmm. And I just was like... That's fucked up. Like you were like, yeah, rock star. But like you, I had created this thing where I just didn't have to look at my actual part in hurting other people. Yeah. And that. It's pretty common though, right? It is common, but I'll tell you what, they, and this is the one thing I can say about the folks that did this film is they paid for a shrink for me. Because I couldn't fucking deal with it, man. Yeah. There were times when we would do these shoots and we called them, you know. Because I hated doing it. It was so heavy. I'd leave feeling like such a piece of shit that I, uh, you know, my director would be like, okay, what if we did it one eight hour day? We could do it six hours and you'll be done. We'll never do it again. Can you prepare and get that done? Can you be ready to go dark for six hours? And I'm like, yeah, I can. And then uh, we did that in New York. And then... uh, and then I fucking went nuts that night. Yeah. And I went into the city and I got yeah. wasted and I fucking like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, I didn't have a place to fucking put it. Put it. Yes. And I was in New York City yeah. where anything goes That's anytime. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> fucked up, dude. But, you know, my shrink helped with that. But, but yeah, it's, I'll tell you when it's heavy for me to look back on the scene. Mm-hmm. It's probably similar for you. Kurt to me. I don't know if you remember this, but you had to be in one of two camps, right? You had to be in Pearl Jam or in the Nirvana camp. Which one were you in? Well, I'm, I really am like I don't. I didn't you didn't pick a camp. Either. No. Really? Did Ryan? Did you pick a camp? I was more of a Soundgarden guy. You were. Yeah. Ready? Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. I like Nirvana next, and then Pearl Jam only because. Mike McCready's mom was my teacher. Oh, no shit. That's yeah. awesome. Well, well, that's like, kind of that's how cool. close. Hometown. When you're yeah, exactly. close enough. Yeah. Like, think Danny and those guys grew up with Mike. Yeah. Again, I'm very just, I mean, I loved, I think musically, Didn't I liked Danny a lot play of with Mike? Yeah, they played Shadow. Yeah, right. That, that's awesome. what I was going to say. They were metal men. Yeah. yeah they were nine. They've been, like, friends. <laughs> and so, I mean, but I have a respect for any, oh, I liked, I think I liked Nirvana music better. Although... Um, I've since like. So you were in the Nirvana camp. Kind of. Say it. <laughs> to say it. it. Say it. Because I got a badge. I'm gonna give to you, and oh, you have right. to wear it. There's a prize. Yes. Well, but I will say this: I saw Pearl Jam live, and I was just like, "That shit's the bomb!" Like, I mean, it just I just have a lot of respect for like Creedy's great a shows. Fucking madman. Well, I, mean, I really liked guy. how they ran their shit. Yeah. I have a huge respect for people who they put on a good they show. Put, yeah, but they run their security. Like they pay attention. They. 
they care about their fans. They always have. And you know what? It's still smart. Damn good running business. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, they would hate it if they heard me call it a business. I'll tell you this well, much. they're not stupid. They know. I, I was not business. the biggest Pearl Jam fan. In fact, McCready said to me about a month ago, he goes, dude, do you remember when you told me you hated my band? I'm like, shut <laughs> up. I never said that. And Mike and I worked together on another project uh-huh. uh, that maybe then it was personal enough for me to say that he to him. the music for yours. I know, I know. But so he said this. I'll tell you the whole story. He said this, and I'm like, dude, I did not. And he goes, yep, you said we sounded like uh, Bad Company. And I'm like, oh, when would I have said this to McCready? So back in the day, I was a Nirvana guy, man, because they were punk rock to me. They came out of the ashes of fucking just pure punk rock. In ideology, in the fucking, in everything about the music, even the pretty music to me was still... The roots of punk rock were there. You could hear it. That guy bled for his fucking mm-hmm. band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I I was that guy. Yeah. I, and I was also a fan of uh, Nirvana from, I, I was a sub-pop singles kid. I oh, subscribed yeah. to the singles club. So I, you know, Sliver and Dive, like that shit is, mm-hmm. was amazing. And Bleach was amazing. Um, they were just my band. So it's really funny because when you license things for a film... You have to go back to the band's management. You have to ask them. Fucking Pearl Jam. The nicest fucking human beings ever. Mike's in my movie. They licensed us two tracks that they've never licensed to films before. Yeah. For very little money, friends and family rate, Mm -hmm. and their manager was amazing. Everybody was amazing, and it just made me go, man. Mm-hmm. Nirvana's, I get, we got uh, Nirvana's lawyers to take a look at, you know, what we were doing. And basically they charged us the regular rate yeah. for everything. And yeah. Pearl Jam, you know, McCready scored the film. Yeah. McCready freaking came to film festivals to, to talk on stage yeah. and be a part of yeah. That band just wrapped their arms around us with this yes. film. And it just really made me start thinking about... You know what? Yeah. What I'm still, I'll, I'll still be a, a hardcore Nirvana fan till the very end. But I've got a lot of fucking respect for Pearl Jam that I didn't have before. Do you ever look at it too? Like I would look at it as like I have a lot of respect for watching a band be smart and mature because I had my fill of sarcastic, snarky, yeah, and whatever. But I was like, I really appreciate their intelligence, you know, or just yeah. taking care of each other. I, you know, I've been on the probably the uncomfortable end of Pearl Jam crap um, as a person or an artist, and that's not fun. That feels icky. How sexy but is it to burn out anymore? I mean, is it really sexy, or is that is that sort of paradigm changing? Is it going to be like people who... When Charles Cross wrote in a book a couple of years ago that the reason gun suicides in the Northwest, or nationally have gone down is because of how violent Kurt's death was. Like, he was making a direct parallel to the fact that suicides had gone down. Yes, there were a couple copycat suicides after after Kurt killed himself. And that was terrible. You know, when when I was on the radio after that had happened, we brought in therapists to talk to the listeners. Just not even on air. I mean, we would do some on air, but... Just to call, it's man the phone lines mm-hmm. and talk to these fucking kids because mm-hmm. these kids are, are just, they don't know how to mm-hmm. deal with this. Mm-hmm. And um, 
God, now thinking about it, now it's getting heavy again. Like, now I'm remembering... I'm remembering when Kurt killed himself, um, or when we found out. Um, I think I'd been up all night or whatever. I'd barely gotten any sleep, and my assistant called me from the station. I didn't go in until noon normally. And she called me in the morning and was like, dude... Yeah, are you awake? And I'm like, the fuck? No, I'm not awake. Why the fuck you? Yeah. Me that. <laughs> like, and she's like, so they think they found Kurt's body. And we knew Kurt was missing. We knew that this was all, yeah. you know, we knew that it wasn't, it wasn't and good. Joe, it wasn't yeah. looking good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she was like, uh, the lobby is full of camera crews and they want to talk to you now. So. I, oh you know, God. either, you know, wow. either the morning show is going to talk to them or you're going to come in and talk to them. Yeah. So I cleaned up, you know, best I could for three hours sleep. Yeah. yeah, it was really fucking heavy. But, oh, and then she was like, and the morning show is trying to break into your office to get your Rolodex to call Kurt's Whoa. family. And I'm like, take that fucking Rolodex out of my office, hide that motherfucker. Wow. Do not give me and my assistant had a fucking great rapport. Well, we were right. on the same page. Yeah. So, I mean, that was heavy, but like, and so then we organized the memorial because all of these fucking kids calling in, yeah. it was so fucking intense. So we were like, there's got to be a public display of sorry, you know, there's got to be a healing process. Mm-hmm. And so the Nirvana camp planned their. Funeral for Kurt, the say their memorial the same exact time, so that the press okay. that they would get their privacy yeah. with the real thing, yeah. you know, and the, everybody would have their place to grieve. Yeah. But um, I remember I I made the tape that played out of the fountain with all yeah, Kurt's yeah. songs and, yeah. and whatnot, and I was fine. I hadn't cried. I had talked to Kurt's aunt. I talked to Kurt's sister. I talked. To, I didn't talk to his mom. Wendy was also a friend of mine, but. I didn't talk to them. I just talked to his aunt wow. and uh, and his sister. And um, and then I made the tape, and it was the morning of the memorial. And I was at the studio, and everything was fine until I put Where'd You Sleep Last Night on. Oh, God. And that blood-curdling scream he does yeah. at the end, just, I fucking lost it. Yeah. Like, I lost it. All of a sudden, it became so real and I just crumbled into a ball on the studio floor, like it, into a little, you know, yeah. fetal position and just cried and yeah. let it all fucking go. And it was just such a weird, it felt so much more personal yeah. than well, here's a rock star that killed himself. Yeah. This was the guy that led a musical revolution and changed the fucking right. world. And we were in his hometown and we knew his family and we were friends and we knew his secrets and we knew all of this shit. So for me, it was just that at that moment it hit. And then I realized you got to go fucking you've got to go talk to people on a stage. And I'm still embarrassed with what I said at that. I, you know, Why? because I thought I didn't need to plan that. I just would walk out there and say what was on my mind. And I just said some dumb things. I, I wish I had made notes, but thank God. His uncle gave me a letter to read that his uncle couldn't read. So I read this family thing. Um, Yeah, that was really fucking intense. The whole thing was intense. But I think, like, kids, like, God, that's heavy. Yeah. People don't stop to think about how heavy that is in just a realistic, boring terms. You know? 
That was a lot. That was a, a lot. lot. That's like, this is like what you would say in therapy. Like if you, like if you, if you were in therapy right now, so you would rattle off that story and someone would look at me like, and you'd say, that's a lot. Right. And they'd be like, yeah. 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 Like, by yeah. the way, that's a, that's a cartload of heavy shit. Yeah. Of course she fell apart. Of course you still think about, you know, any feelings you've ever had then to now? Of course. Yeah. Because that, by definition, is heavy. Did you feel it, though? When that happened, did you feel a shift in the scene? I mean, you didn't know him, you, you know, but did you feel like something bigger had crumbled? You know, I'm going to say, yes, yes, no, 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 this is just me. It has nothing to do any reflection on your experience because I didn't have the same experience. I mean, I didn't know them at all. I wasn't surprised. You know what I mean? Again, I'm extremely pragmatic. I'm a terrible rock star. I'm not a glorifier in any way. Right. Hence, nobody wants to talk to me about this. So, you know what I mean? Like, because I talk very realistic and frank. I'm like, I wasn't surprised that that happened. I didn't, you know, like I didn't feel sad I logically knew I mean I felt sad probably more for his daughter like right, I sure, feel yeah. more feelings in that direction I felt like it was a shame I felt like it was just like how fucked up you know but n- so obviously like so obviously gonna happen right that it made me kind of mad um it felt dark uh I I did I felt more sad for his daughter and I, I think that get caused me more pain and shame because I just kind of hated that stuff. I yeah. kind of hated like you fucking assholes and all the shit you've been through. And yes, I feel for you, but God damn it. There's a kid in the room. You fucking assholes. Right, right. Like get your shit together. Stop right. self. I mean, of course I don't know these people. So that's why I'm right. like, fucking yeah. a, like the damage you are doing by your actions, which weren't your burden to begin with. Right. But they became your burden. Right. Are, going to resonate in at least an individual's life, not, you know, like even quoting right. that forever. And that yeah. felt heavy to me, but I wasn't surprised. I mean, very lot. I'm like, Oh, that's playing out like that. There's one of these stories going right. on. He's 27. Right. Of course he's 27. Right. Just another Jim Morrison, Jimmy Hendrix, Janice Joplin. I'm like, right. Oh, you're right. that right. guy. Right. That right. happens. Um, but I did think. Did what, were you, were you surrounded by So of course people look back at that time and think drugs, heroin, Big deal in the Northwest. I, I mean, I'd already known people who died from it, right? Like, right. Me as a pot of getting, you know, not right. drugs, but like being murdered. Or Stephanie from Seven Year Bitch. Right. Like, I mean, again, I am, I am boring. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do. I was going to ask you. Did you? Did you? Were you around people that were on heroin? Did you deal with that in your own band? Did you? No, I just don't ever. Did you play the off ramp? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. That fucking place, I love, man. I, I, I remember walking into the off ramp and just being like, "Everybody's fucking gray. Like <laughs> everybody that works here is fucking gray with dreads." I'm to drink out of a tube. Everybody's like fucking me. nodding off behind the bar. That yeah. place, there was so much fucking junk going through that place that it well, that, creeped me out. That would have been too dark for me. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't by nature. I mean, I'm pretty sunshiny. <laughs> Did you play bit, the off rip? Like, <laughs> you know, you I mean, I would watch people around me and just, I'd be like, ooh, that's, you know, like, just knowing, like, Seven Year Bitch and all those guys, yeah. too. I mean, I'm very much a loner. I ex- was extremely loner-ish. Just by nature. Yeah. Right? Like, I didn't have girlfriends. I didn't have, I mean, my boyfriends were always my best friends. Right. That's who I hung out with. And the band I was in. That was it. Like, I just didn't, either out of shyness or 
sister from another planet, you know what I mean? Like, my eyes were on Europe or something else. Like, is it is it difficult for you? I, I, I'm very similar. Like, it's not easy for me to make friends now. And it has little to do... Well, I mean, I think as we get older, it's just tough, right? Because yeah. I, I, don't want, I don't go to a lot of bars. And if I do, I'm normally there. It's not... Somebody I'm just going to meet. Yeah. Like I, I, so I just met some new friends. And yeah. I went to that party. Yeah. By, like, on my own. Right. And I only knew three people at the party. Right. Now, that's not something that I'm comfortable with at all. And yeah. so I do think a part of getting older, you have to fucking get out of a comfort zone. You don't. You built that fucking comfort zone your whole life. Yeah. But it's I will say this. Out. I will say this, like, to match who you are. Because yeah. this is a revelation though, okay. that I've come to just recently. Yeah. I spent years be, just working corporate, right? Where you've got to, like, have relations with people you're working with. Right. People doing happier. I've been hanging out with people who have nothing to do with who I am for years. God bless them. You know, like, people are very nice. But, like... Because being social was a part of the thing, but always feeling extremely lonely and like, you know, how do you go from like, I've opened for Iggy Pop and Pearl Jam to like, let's go to a corporate happy hour, you know, like, <laughs> like I give a shit, you know what I mean? Like, I and love always, that imagery. And, and hence why I would have a lot of wine just right. to entertain myself. Because right. if I was honest, I'm like, I'm fucking bored. Well, right. I don't want to bring it up, shit. I don't know if you want to talk about that yeah. stuff when we're working together. Right, right. Like, well, I mean, you're a well, star. Who would? Do you know how fun? fast people turn and look at you like... And all of a sudden, you are very separate and special, special in a way that you... That's the thing about being in a band and popular that I don't think people realize is that it isolates you. Mm, okay, I'm going to segue into something oh, that I get that. that. I get that 100%. So Nina Simone's biography, right? Yeah. Her What Happened Miss, Miss yeah. Simone. Um, I, there was so much in that that was amazing. But there was so much in that that I could relate to, at least just personally. Yeah. Where she talked about being a young girl and being like a classical pianist. She's like, it isolated her because I did a special thing. And people only wanted to engage me. Or now that I was special, I was different mm -hmm. and separate and alone and isolated. And I definitely felt that. But that was fine when I was in a band and I had my jam. And I was like, right. Right, I need you. I'm Fuck, doing I thing. embraced that. Right? In so, a fucked up way because new, I... Always have felt less than, so right. it was a way for me to feel justified. Yeah, yeah Good, special. Right? Yeah, yeah, that I'm special. I, I I won't, you know, which has created a fucking terrible prison, you know, in a or, fucked up way. Well, look at it this way. You can tell me if you're like, yeah, no, that's not my thing. It's like, um, so I feel like I tried. I tried a different tactic. I tried a different route, and I even with having a kid and. I mean, I work hard at trying to get to know moms at school and build relationships. I mean, Do over, you? oh my God, but I'm ending it because I've just decided or realized again, because I feel like I'm really determined to be, become myself again. Right. I was like, I just realized I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. I like me. I just want to do what I'm doing because, frankly, it's probably way more interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's it terrible, but I remember leaving this dinner party with perfectly lovely ladies Again, going to go make friends because I should build my friendship, you know, whatever, like working at it. And, um, and, and I had a few glasses of wine. I got in, I put on, um, Jen Wigmore. I really like her records, right? I put on Jen Wigmore and I, I don't know why, but I had this epiphany because I sort of felt like that music brings back me singing or whatever. And it felt good. And I, I sort of remember doing shows and I, and also I had this epiphany. I was like, Fuck that shit. I'm way more interesting. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was like, well, then go do 
my job is to go do what I want to do. I don't need to go work. That's not what I need to be doing. If I, I want still, I'd love to stumble on friends like um, Ryan, like you, but I also want to stumble on some friends who are funny. I'm always wishing for the friends who make me pee my pants. That's what I want. Right. Who right I can trust, who are nice. Like I want, but I want smart friends who are grounded, who are fucking funny, and also who are doing cool shit, because that's where I want to go. Right. I don't want to have another goddamn happy hour. Right. I don't want to go to a dinner party and talk about things I don't give a fuck about. Right. I want to be doing things that I'm interested in. So wherever that is, that's the direction. And I'm starting in that direction by just acknowledging I don't give a shit. So was there (laughs) ever... Okay, so I have to ask you this. Was there ever somebody at a convention, like you're, you know, or at a fucking dinner party or at a soccer game where you were like, all right, that mom's a little rock and roll. I'm not going to the oh, party yeah, yeah. with her. Yeah, yeah. Not, or you find yeah. somebody at the bar that yes. like is a little, got something in common. You're like, like yeah. Yeah. Like you got that. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. this. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my friend, uh, this woman I just recently got to know, Vanya, who runs this yoga studio. They're, and they're actually, her and her husband and family are moving to Germany at the end of the month. Um, she's East Coasty. So... Often when I meet East Coast people, you connect. I like because they're sort of like, "What? No, shut up!" Like, right? <laughs> and I'm like, "Right?" And they're like, "Yes." And we can usually talk for hours because you're just getting to the meat of the bones. There's no like, "Oh yeah, that's great." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "This is a pile of I don't know what's going on here, but you're smiling a lot, but it doesn't really feel like anything." And uh, <laughs> now I feel creepy and and sad and lonely at the same time. It's all bad. <laughs> And I, I find us interesting, you know, like I would rather talk to you. I would rather, um, then go create new things. Honey, I am not grounded though. Don't think that I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm getting more grounded though. That's okay. You can't, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a journey for me. It's my job. (laughs) I say this too. It's my job to take responsibility if I'm sort of like, you're wearing me out. I got to go, you know, like, or if. Or if that doesn't work for me, but that doesn't mean like you don't know some things and get some things that I get, and that right. means a lot to me. Like um, even laugh at it because I think laughing at things is a godsend. Like you gotta, you gotta laugh. That's why I love comedians because I love how farcical they are, and I like. Wait, what? The comedians. Farcical. Farcical. I've never heard that. What? I've never heard that farce. word. No. I've heard farce, but farcical. I've never heard far- farcical. Oh yeah. Okay, oh. hey, one of my favorite comedians is Maria Bamford. Do you like her? I don't know that I've heard her. Oh, my her. God. Go, go watch okay. her. Okay. Because she's totally weird. What's her last name? Bamford. Okay. She's crazy. Literally been in the crazy bin. But um, but she... And she's also... They all like her. Yeah, right. <laughs> but she also... Um, she, she does characters kind of in her face. She does characters. Anyways. But she will take the... Obviously, what's in my mind, I feel like, and just say it out loud, right? Like, she'll... You know, in exchange in a grocery store where someone's being nice, and she'll just be like... Oh, I see the nice face that you're giving me, and it looks like that. You know, she'll just get into it. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like, and so I like that. That's funny. I don't like the. I'm not really interested in like the harsh, like, let me shock you. Right. Uh, humor. It's the more like, yes, that's the ridiculousness of it all. I appreciate that. Everyday life. Yeah. But like, pretend is normal, but really, like, when yeah. you think about it, like, it's really weird. Everything we do. But humor gives me. Uh, humor gives me. It helps me feel better. Like, oh, there's there's hope. There's hope for another perspective because we can just call this fucking ridiculous. (laughs) So, we had talked a little bit about 
depression. Mm-hmm. And um, I get it bad. Yeah, I get it bad too. Mm-hmm. Ryan, do you struggle with that? Yeah, we've had it. So yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, and I'm realizing, like, at first I thought, oh, poor me. It's all heavy for me. My life is bad, you know. I did all this shit to myself. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, but it's, it's okay. It is okay. Compassion. But, but um, I realize it's not just me, man. Fucking open up Facebook. Everybody's fucking. But a lot yeah, of people right? are going through this right now, yeah. and it's heavy for people. Yeah. And so that kind of helps me in a fucked up way it's by seeing enough. that I'm not the only one that's like yeah, a big a fucking like bummer. Like so, I've been on a boat for three days, right? I'm tired. My hurt. I smashed my fucking legs and bled for a long time. Um, it just was one of those things that I went out and I was like, "I'm young. I'm gonna do this." Oh God damn it! I'm not young. But but I got home, and all of a sudden I was like, like I've been on a boat, like. Fucking yeah. park in a gig, gig harbor. Let's go have deer. Yeah. We'll park at this dock. Let's go to fucking Tacoma. Like, yes. zipping around. It was like for three days I was in a different world. That was yes. fun and different music and yes. decks and sharks and looking for orcas. And I, I hate coming back to reality. I yeah, fucking yeah. hate it. Yes. I hate coming back to normalcy. And I'm an adult. I should be used to this shit by now. No, because I felt the same way this morning. Like, I've been zipping all over, driving. Like, I miss travel. Like, uh, yeah, a little escapism. I don't care. Like, right. I just want to go to um, Santa Fe. I want to go. Right. I need to travel. Otherwise, I'm here all the time doing the same. I'm a little stuck. Right. And so I, but I don't think that's so bad just to get up and go and come back. As long as I'm not going somewhere and like, what Drinking makes eight you million bottles of wine like right that's the other thing that's you know what makes you get out of your comfort zone what are the things that inspire you because sometimes i like feeling that shit mm-hmm. i get stuck in my little Do i'm you? not getting out of bed i'm gonna fucking watch movies on my laptop and just well, yeah no lights on i'll probably I don't know who this podcast is reaching <laughs> to, but you know, um, I uh, I just I I realized, and thanks to lots of therapy, that I actually enjoy feeling like that too. And I'm not sure oh, why why I enjoy feeling bad. But maybe that's just your downswing, your downtime, right? Like you're a high energy person, so yeah. your downtime's going to be like. I want to, like, sit in a cave and watch Netflix for days. Right. I'd love to do that. I used to do it with a, a bottle of wine all the time. I'm like, instant vacation. <laughs> you and I are Believe very me. alike in I've, that way. I've definitely been like, can would be so great to get sit on that porch with Marco and drink rosé all day, right. like, all day. I'm just talking about shit. <laughs> Say that to my roommate. That's what he's drinking. Right? Oh, my say. delicious. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love that. As long as I got four days to crawl up from the depression, that's fine. Right. May, I may do that. I don't know. But, um... But some of that's got to be some of your downtime, too, especially with no structure, right? Like, I I know... Without a full-time job, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what I'm attempting to do right now to curb that Mm -hmm. is lots A, therapy, Mm -hmm. B, meds, Mm -hmm. uh, I bought a bicycle, Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to... I'm taking all... I'm working on my diet. Obviously, I'm not doing that great a job, but I've identified diet is important. Uh, and exercise, you know, is, yeah. is a huge thing. But you're right. There's some days I just realized I am an outgoing introvert. Yes. Like people wouldn't think that I'm an introvert because I'm like, radio this, blah, 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 blah. Yes. You know, whenever I'm out, I'm kind of Mr. That guy. 
I'm a fucking introvert, man. That's, what that's a real thing. Too. It's like, that's a character you play. Right. In reality. Right. Yeah. You're kind of more of a private person. Yeah. But that much energy going out has to be replenished somehow. And of course it needs to go to ground zero. Like, no, it's all out here. Now I need nothing. Right. Everyone, don't. Mm-mm. In order to like fill up. That's a real thing though. But sometimes nothing creates its own drain like you know like go on too long yeah okay it can for me it can go on too long i get depressed when are you gonna watch my roommate is fucking fantastic like for me he sees it like we've been friends since 91 yeah so me moving in with him has helped me a lot in that you know there's some ground rules like about living here and it's not like yeah, yeah yeah and it's not like i'm when i live alone Whenever I go nuts on, you know, whatever, or have issues with drugs or alcohol or any of that shit, it's when I'm living alone or I'm lonely. I'm, yes, I'm lonely as fuck. One. Like, and I'm sitting there going, okay, it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm watching fucking whatever I'm watching on TV. Well, I feel like shit. It's not enough. Maybe I'll look on Grinder for a minute. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. maybe, you know, inevitably, like, then I'm like, Fuck, why not? I'm not without a solid structure. So, you know, yeah. the last two days, he's like, let's get up and we'll walk to the coffee shop. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and then I feel a lot better once I walk to the coffee shop. But it's, yeah. you know, it's. Uh, Do you ever feel like it's not to, to me? I have very little discipline sometimes is what I'm saying. But, but that's without with many things, right? Like without structure and with. Knowing like your 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 swing, your pattern, or whatever. Like I got up today, and I can feel my pulse. Right, like I'm not working right now. I you I know how to, but for whatever reason, I'm struggling. How to throw new things together? Like we could be doing a lot more podcasts, and right. I enjoy doing them. And, and, but I, for some reason, am feeling a lot of internal resistance, and I need to decide if that's just chicken pattern, fear, whatever that is. Um, I could feel it today, where I was like. I hope Marco calls. Well, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, right? But but how mad am I at that? Am I going, no, come on, really? We're going to do that again? Like, right. But I can feel, as I was driving here, I was like, I'm so tired of this discomfort. I'm fear. just so tired. Fear. Yeah, fear. And oh, I wish I put my finger on it. It's like um, discomfort. I'm tired of not feeling settled or like... All right, like, it's like an anxiety, content. in a sense. Yeah. Like getting that anxiousness about things not being right, you know. Or just in limbo, too. Yeah. Just like, just being like okay in your own skin in that moment. Right now. Yeah. Oh, dude, I have a whole book. Where to, I mean, I'm really into right now the whole thing about mm. being present. Oh, here it is. Thank you. And so I'm reading to death this book, Transforming Your Life Through the Power of, Pre- of Pre- Richard Moss, right? Okay. So I've read Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, all sure. that. Some people. He can drive people crazy. Mm-hmm. But I just really resonate with the idea that the only moment that counts is right now. The past and the present aren't real. So we can talk about the past all the time, but it doesn't exist anymore. So so you can put as much power into that as you want, yeah. but it's not real. Right. And so how you feel about talking about the past and all of that can turn into something but that's not really real. Right. Right now is real. And you know but what? Guilt is heavy. Guilt, guilt is, is heavy. A, like a, but it's not real. An anchor. I mean, it's not, it, it's what you do to yourself. It's how you feel. Right. But it is not a thing that is, ha- it's not right. now. Right. It's back there. Yeah. And so we have forgiveness and compassion and all that. But I right. look at my kid and I remember, I remember and want 
it's part of my goal is like I if, if possible at this age um, I want that presence you know as a kid I never thought down the street I didn't have any of the burdens I didn't think farther than, than the next hour right I just didn't and the peace in that mm-hmm. I fucking want that bad and so unraveling and, and facing my like patterns it's just uncomfortable and it's <laughs> wow wow i love that you're doing that. hey i love that you're doing these podcasts and they're not traditional podcasts Mm-mm. you know um and but you're also doing songwriter workshops i guess right yeah so i'm doing a, a girlfriend of mine is taking one with you too. so i do coaching like i have a couple of clients and it's all midlife stuff and it's all conversation right and um i just got a uh, had a new conversation with a lady and i'm going to talk to her next week um, oh, yeah, I was going to come to the one you just did, but I couldn't get to Tacoma. Oh, no worries. No worries. Well, that was an experiment at the yoga thing. Nobody showed How did up that go? It. Nobody showed for three days. Three Fridays. Really? But I think that's... And i got to watch that, being worried about that. Like, yeah, I've, I've put out that I'm doing a songwriting workshop, and it's more than a songwriting. It's an empowerment workshop. Because it's like, it's not a theory class. It's not right. about... It's more about who are you? How are you? And I know conversations like this will come out of it. Which is the conversation I'm kind of more interested in. I mean, I love to empower people to do the things they maybe never thought they could do, like songwrite. Um, but it's going to be really, truly, it's a, it's about so much more than just songwriting. But the songwriting workshop is different than the workshop I was going to come to. Yes. Okay. So the other one was called Be Here Now. And it was just like an hour at this yoga studio where people could arrive. And basically, um, it's just an hour. And you'd be surprised how fast an hour goes when... I just wanted to practice a couple things and then open it up for people how they're doing. And the core is about being present. Like, because we, because we can get caught up in like feelings and things that are going on. And what I love is if you ever read or heard Byron Katie, she has a whole, like the step-by-step thing about what's it called? She has a whole method of breaking down basically your perspective on something. And her thing is like, you say, oh, well, I'm, I'm mad at my husband because he never does the dishes. And she said, okay, make the statement. I'm mad at my husband because, you know, he does the dishes. Okay, okay so we're mad at our husband because he doesn't do the dishes. Is that true? That, you know, or he, and he doesn't do the dishes because he's selfish. Okay, is that true? And she makes you break it down until you right. realize you're like, well, I'd really rather be doing an art class, but I'm doing the dishes instead. You know right. what I mean? You unravel right. it. Right. But right. what I like is like, so if you talk about like, how you're potentially feeling about the conversations about the past and all that, or what you think the perspective is. I love just the question of like, is that true? Why is that true? It's always good to like, because truth, real truth. Right. Is probably not what you initially emotionally are think it is or saying, right? It's like, why is that true? What's your part in the whole thing? First of all, that's something I've learned too, is looking at sort of, people I'm angry with and why I'm angry right. and what's my part in the anger. And inevitably I can like calm the fuck down. And that's 12 shit. It's 12 right. Step shit right. right there. Like yeah. looking at what your part is, how you contributed to the issue. Yeah. And sort of, it, it really dissipates the anger. Well, and then there's um, the whole process of like forgiveness, right? And forgiving them and then forgiving the whole letting go and some compassion there. On the drive here. So much happened on the drive over here. Um, I was I'm listening to another like uh, book on tape. And there was a whole thing about forgiveness and this whole practice of like. So I was trying to forgive a couple people who I feel like hurt my feelings. And realizing you're right, the ownership I have in, in the end have to do by letting it go. Right. And, and really compassionately 
with love because that's the only way you're really going to let it go is to say like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I forgive you yeah, for maybe doing this because you were insecure and that has nothing to do with me. Right. And I'm okay and I'm safe because my problems right. are that made me feel unsafe or unworthy and now I... I forgive you, and now I gotta deal with my own crap. Like I'm fine. I'm enough. Right. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's kind of you know you hear that a lot. I'm enough. I'm fine. So that I can go forward. I mean, because yeah. if I, there's not, I'm, I don't I hate. I want to go forward. I want to feel good again. And a lot of times I feel good, but there's just some shit to do. Forgiveness uh, is a bitch. It is. That's hard. the hardest part for me. Is I something happened to me when I was young. I don't know if it was my parents or friends or whatever. But I don't trust people and I don't, I mean, that's, it's, you know, in talking about therapeutic sort of uh, means, I, you know, that's something I work on because any boyfriend or relationship I've ever had in my life, you cross me one time, you're gone. Mm -hmm. You're gone. There is no, you know, you, I just, there's very little forgiveness yeah. because I feel like. If they're going to hurt me, they're going to continue to hurt me. I got to cut it out now yeah. to, to stop the pain. Like, and it's kind of fucked up and I'm trying to get better about that shit. But there are a lot of people I'm very angry with. And you know what? And the hardest person, and this is so stupid to say, I feel like it's so cliche, but it's hard for me to forgive myself for all the bullshit I've done too. Oh, you know that's what like I mean? the hardest, right? It is super, yeah. super hard. Let me you know, and now this. that my parents are dead, it's even more fucked up. Right. Like, <laughs> well, and that's hard unto itself, right? right? Like, yeah. I got sick. Well, okay, I don't want to say way into that. But um, um, <laughs> do you feel like at some point you lost faith in people? Like, because I could deal with a couple <laughs> shitty people, but I know there's great people out there, so I can move on, right? right. Like, I may have to go back and say, like, you kind of really let go of the situation because you're still, it's still affecting you somehow. Yeah. But I also do know there's great people out there, and that lets me build relationships um, out there. Do you feel like that's damaged somehow? Like, faith in people in general? Because also, you're in an industry. Oh my Everything's God. Everything's cheap talk. Everything's like, right. You know, Who I, you uh, trust? oh my God. Like, so I've made some friends in the last couple of years that I realized, um, you know, <laughs> uh, for me, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in the right <laughs> way. And I should just say, it. <laughs> no, I've met some people that I ended up becoming very close with and ended up, the problem is. I kind of maybe crossed some lines okay. and there's some very blurred boundaries between like, you know, what I, I there was somebody I was in a friendship with and it was everything except the sex. Like we were mm -hmm. very, very close. Mm -hmm. And then some, you know, I did things I never wanted to do. Like what? <laughs> like... I'm like, I don't want to go there. All right. No, no, no. I'll say it. I like, so what I found is interesting is now that the gay thing is not a big deal in the world, you know, especially in the Northwest, a lot of dudes have no issue flirting with a straight guy that might be able to help their fucking band. Oh, yeah. Oh, a whole new echelon of crap for you. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So I went, into this, I went into the studio with bands that I fucking hated. Uh-huh. Not hated. I just didn't. You didn't like them. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. a fan. Yeah. I just, you know, 
for that person. And then I realized that I was getting worked, man. I was getting worked for my connections. And I set up shit. I did, like, I was on, I literally, (laughs) he had me on a fucking, like, you know, I fucking fell in love. Yeah. And I was, yeah, sure, I'll fucking, I'll hook your band up. Like, you're going on tour, you need to meet this person and this person and this person and this person. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't I fucking that. trust people at all. Yeah, I get it. But as you get stronger... And part of me... So here's what I have to own. Part of me knew that that was going on, and part of me liked it. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, honest. That I had to... I have to own that. But, um... But that's not the only thing you have to offer. And it could be no. much deeper. No, and, you know, I, I actually miss how much fun we had, too. It wasn't all about the music and whatever. It was yeah. just being about... You know, being jackasses. Yeah. And having fun. Yeah. And I just felt that I was being taken advantage of. Finally, it became real obvious that I was being taken advantage of. And I found out some shit that had gone on. And, you know, I mean, it's just a weird thing. It is a new dynamic. I don't care, man. I love helping people. Yeah. I fucking, I love helping people. Like, to me, even if I'm being used, I still love it. Like, I still love... Being able to, I know when people are fucking working me on shit, I, and it doesn't matter to me. There, I'm holding that cracker, and you, you, you want some? I've been eating pretzels through this entire um, snack factory. interview. We should Pretzel see if we can get a sponsorship. It's our new sponsor. From, yeah, Snack Factory pretzels. Right. Those things are so yeah. good. Yeah. We only snack have factory. some hummus. I do love them. Yeah, or jalapeno mm. artichoke dip. That's like my I'll bring it. Next time we do a podcast, we'll go to your house, and I will... Snack, your, snack, we'll have a snack check. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring it. my dips. You bring yeah. your dips. It's all the taste. Anyway, taste suggested. Like, why are they talking about that? You know, for me, like relationships are so weird because I fall in love with inappropriate men. Mm-hmm. I fall in love with. I've got my own damage, right? And, and yeah. I tend to yeah. like, you know. Guys that are a little fucked up and like, you know, mm-hmm. don't have their shit together, are bad boys, or a yeah. little dangerous, are a little yeah. unavailable, are a little exciting and it has an energy to it. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's like fucking yeah, all of those okay. things. And you know, when I go back and look at it, I mean, they say that, you know, you fall for people that are like your parents, like your mom. You you yeah. identify, straight guys identify with mom or, or women identify, they try to find someone like their dad. Yeah. Well, my dad was a cop, but before he was a cop, he was a crook. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, he was stealing cars and shit. Like, yeah. he was like, you know, in, in, he would... Yeah. I see the attraction, yeah. right, yeah. to... Two bad boys. I've just got to fucking stay away from that. Well, do you think it's easy to seg... Again, like, as you're defining your future, like, it's easy to segue into something that seems like an adventure, good or bad, right? Like, it's an easy... Oh, I know this will be an easy party. I'm going this way. Like, it's an easy thing to keep doing until you suss out your own stuff, like... And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to look at the fact that why haven't you been in a long-lasting relationship in 25 years? Right. Why is that? Yeah. You know, why do you keep going to unavailable guys? See, I find you right now really exciting because it's the beginning of back to, to you. 
Well, after okay. all this adventure, like all of this <laughs> stuff, this this right. is what midlife is to me. If this is your Coming moment. Back. This is we all come back to our shit, and it's right. like you again. You have an opportunity now to go. You get to be whoever you are. You're right. not dealing with some of the burdens, a lot of the burdens that were there, and now here's your fresh chance to do it like you want to do it. And right. if you don't know how, that's your job is to go learn how. And that's what kind of it? what I'm doing. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's trudging. Like, I trudge yeah. up that road of totally. happy destiny or whatever. It's like... <laughs> well, maybe it's not so happy. Right, right. Happy. I mean, you know, it's, shit it's, the, it's <laughs> all of the freedoms that we see yeah. out there that I, you know, reluctantly go towards because maybe maybe all the other shit just feels well, it's really, more comfortable. Well, yeah. You know? It's really hard to go like, I'm going to go, I think it's hard to go, you've led a fast-paced, exciting, that's crack right here, right? Yeah, a like, serious crack. Right? Like, <laughs> literally crack. crack. <laughs> like, that, that's hard to put down when you, when carving out a, a it's kind of a healthy, Right. You and your next, although right. my belief is that you, like a year from now, will be so much better than the crack. And we, you just don't know it yet. Right. And it does take a little trudging, but the trudging should really be about you dabbling in whatever you want. Right. And just all you got to wade through is the bullshit feelings. I'll tell you, so in dating, I've made a couple of rules and I break them sometimes, but some of those rules are I try to date men that are 30 and older because yeah. I've had such, you know, in a bad I, world. Oh inappropriate yeah. <laughs> age relationships. And I'm just trying to be better at that because I know there's no long-term, you know, some dudes are great with that. Yeah. Whether you're straight or gay. Some, yeah. some people are great with the, the distance in that relationship. I just feel like it's fun for a night or two. And then you're not on the same page. You don't yeah. have the same living yeah. experiences. I'd rather have somebody that's just, that kind of gets it a little bit, you know, that I can talk to and we can laugh about shit, you know, that I don't have to fucking pull out, you know. <laughs> a reference they don't know. Yeah, just yeah, to yeah. fucking sit and yeah. think about it. So I'm really trying to do that. Yeah. Um, and I actually, <laughs> I phrase it in a very different way, a very uh, harsh way, but I'm trying to keep my dick out of the 20s. <laughs> Completely. I'm trying to keep it out of the 20s. There. That's your new tagline. 30 and up. I'm yeah. 50 years old. That's still 20 years yeah. of like, you know, and if I can meet somebody 35 and up, like, that, yeah. those are, things are good. But they're hard when you've had a, when you've, when you've lived a different way. Yes. And the one other thing that I'm trying to do less of is just promiscuous, like, you know, one night, like, whatever kind of things that you know what you're going in for. Yeah. And gay guys are really good at doing this. Like, yeah. we're, we probably are quite a bit luckier than straight people in that we could just, like... It's It's so easy to hook up. Lonely? Uh, yes. So that is why I'm doing less of that, because I feel like every bit of that that I do, I'm not... Focusing on the prize. Yeah. What is the prize? What's yeah. the bigger thing? Yeah. I want to be in a relationship someday. So I, I have nothing against one night stands, and I do think they sometimes can turn into bigger relationships. Mm -hmm. It's just that, and I say all this because I'm not real good at these things yet. I That's fuck okay, up. Right? I fuck up with this shit all the time. That's why it's nice to say because somebody else is thinking it. That's right. I just, uh, you know, I, I just think the more I run around, you know, just 
fucking anything that moves, the less I'm going to focus on trying to find that dude. It just delays you getting... Yeah, it's yeah. just like, you know, putting it off, you yeah. know? Like, it's... Well, it's like you're telling the universe, like, hey, exactly. no, actually, I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah, I'm cool with this. I don't really want that. Yeah. It's like yeah. eating a McDonald's burger. It's good at the moment. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You feel like shit yeah. afterwards. Exactly. That's yeah. totally it. In the moment, it's it's wonderful. But it's it's discipline to make yourself pack your own, like, food exactly. that's healthier, eat right. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a discipline thing, and I'm not fucking good at it. And I, But yeah. now, maybe you're right. Maybe it's, this is the time. It is. Like, now that I've reached this age and, like, you know, thank, thank God, considering the life that I've led, I'm still doing okay. You know what I mean? I mean, the d- depression thing is really sunk in, but I still have my teeth, like, yeah. you know, and, and some of that stuff. So, to me, those things are great. I just need to, you know, it, it's about discipline, I think. And it's a transition. It really is. Like, if you can, I think if you can start looking... Like, past up to me, I'm like, I feel so grateful that I got to live. I mean, I'll kill her in my 20s. Like, I'm grateful for the life I've led. Yeah. And so I'm like, great, that can be there. I don't want to live that again. I want right. to go over here, and that's that's what I want to work with. So. All right, somebody's at the door. Pause here. Sorry about that. No worries. What's that? Were you doing pause? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. That was Amazon Fresh, by the way. Oh, delicious. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, delicious. Yes. <laughs> well, that's like Yogurt. I keep thinking about, okay, it does take a little effort to start thinking, well, what do I really want to do? Because I could fall back into a corporate job. I'm trying to change my perspective. So right. I'm going, okay, you could do that. Do it for a year. Time, like, remember perspectives. Like, do right. it in six months chunks. Because I go all or nothing, and I'm so, like, you know, like, it doesn't mean if I decide this for six months, I've crushed everything else. Or, yeah, maybe you need a little structure, and that's going to make you feel good. And while you're doing that, make sure you're recording, and that helps pay for that. And you're doing your podcast and working out, right? And being a mom. See, this I get overwhelmed. I'm like, and be a mom and a wife. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know what's really freaking ridiculous? What? You know what I'm doing right now? What? I have construction paper that I make fucking notes on and I hang them next to my oh, I bed so I can because my memory I have blown out my memory that I have flashcards to remember long-term goals I have two of them I love it. long-term goals yeah and the other is making money now yeah. <laughs> like how can you make now. money right now and then the yeah. long-term goals because I'll I'll lose focus. Like, my memory, that, that is one of the things that long-term yeah. drug use does to your fucking memory. Okay. It just sucks it away. I Like, it wipes it away. Yeah. Um, so, I will forget. It's so easy for me to forget that I have, you know, this bigger dream that's totally possible. Mm-hmm. Because I have some real big things that I want to do. Yeah. Totally feasible. But if I don't think about it every day... And constantly have this thing in my mind, which is why I'm doing this now. Yeah. You know, oh, that's my make money now one. Um, nice. You know, I, I, I have like other things that I've wanted to do that if I don't keep the focus on big things also, yeah. then I completely fucking forget. And I get that. You know, my roommate's really good at that. Like he's good at right now. And he's good at 10 years from now. That's why I totally, when I was it's thinking coming nuts. over here, I was like, I fully want to do a podcast with Dave. You should do a podcast with Dave. because it's so interesting. Yeah, he's got a very different uh, view on the world. Yeah. And it's, you know, 
Yeah, he's an interesting character. He's, he's, I love that. Yeah, me too. And I love what he's done. And so I'm like, the, again, the podcast is about, like, I there's people I'm interested in. Right. Like, I want to say, like, so, you know, like, look at all you've what is I'm just interested. <laughs> like, yeah. Look yeah. at all your restaurants. Look at what you've done. And you manage. Like, who And are he was you? on tour with you, too. Yeah. His band was opening for you, too, on this tour, on the Joshua Tree It makes Tree you want to go, like, who are you? Where did yeah. you come from? Like, where? Yeah, I'm just fascinated by the person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was. Do you do? I think I mentioned to you this before. Do you meditate or do yoga? No. Nope. Or both at the same time? You need to do that. I do need to do that. And you're gonna hate it. Meditation is usually easier to start with. Yes. Although. Yeah, twelve step. is So some of the. You, yes. God, I've been to rehab a couple of times, <laughs> and that's something that they, you know, yeah, right? <laughs> they do try to teach you a little bit of meditation, and typically they're led meditations, yeah. and I do way better rather than letting my mind. Try to calm down with somebody else's oh, voice yeah. Yeah, yeah. helping me do those things. I'm, yeah. I'm good with the lead ones. Yeah. I just don't do them. You should. Because I wake up and I have other yes. things to do, like I make pancakes. And, and then then I go watch some porn. And then, like, uh, <laughs> eat busy. some pretzels. Yeah. I'm busy, man. I, I have, yeah. <laughs> go on Facebook. I gotta go. <laughs> it's so funny. But grounding stuff would be good for you. <clears throat> no, it is. And even saying it out loud makes me laugh at myself. You know, because yeah. it just, it makes it obvious, you know? Yeah. I bought this goddamn bike. How many times have I ridden this oh bike God. that was sitting right outside? <laughs> You're a lot of life, yeah. Twice. I got a bike. I've ridden the bike twice. I've had it for eight months now. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing? My bike's in the same shape where it's like, every time I go to ride it, the tires are flat. And I'm like, oh, it's been sitting in the garage that long. Yes. Right. So you know what I did? That was my problem for a long time. Guess what I did? I bought a pump. Oh, hey. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a goddamn bike pump. And now that's And now it's just sitting next to the bike (laughs) with the flat tires. There you go. So good. It's definitely the right dress. So good. Oh, well. So you're probably more of an active meditation person. You do just like... Just walk around the yard around here. Well, that is kind of how I meditate. It's just, so, so we have this new jacuzzi and like, I love it, but I can't even quiet my mind in a warm, you know, pool of water. Like at night, I'll go out midnight, it's like dead outside. I can see the moon through the clouds and where that jacuzzi is, is kind of in forest. It's in the middle of the forest, right? Kind of tucked out there. I can't make the brain shut down. I just, I try, but I'm in and out of that goddamn thing in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. 15 tops. Like, about, I'm out. What about, um, just because your energy level, what if it was walking? And it's a practice, remember? It's not about right. perfection. It's for right. practice. Like, anything to help. Exercise take you helps from here, immensely. Because you're all here. Yeah. And it needs to go down. Right. right? And yeah. so, what if it was walking or Jogging, like shuffling. Yeah. I find that really meditative. I don't jog, I shuffle. You shuffle? I shuffle. But I love it because I like this solitary... It forces me to just focus on in front of me, and I like the body movement of just... And I, I do yeah. not run, I, you know, but I find it really meditative. It kicks in endorphins. Yeah. It does all sorts of stuff. That or yoga. <clears throat> and, I mean, I got my yoga teaching certificate, and do I practice every day? No. Um... But I know just the practice of it, like one pose even. Even Vanya, who um, runs a whole yoga shop, she's like, no, I do one pose, downward dog, that's it. She's like, that's all I and need. And that's enough. I get everything I need out of that. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, but I realize all those things are practices. Right. 
And, you know, and, and I do think it's an exciting time. I think all of this, it, it's just such a mystery. And it feels so much scarier than the 20s. Like, that's, but at the same time, this is why I like the podcast. I'm like, okay, then go do things mm-hmm. like conversations that help you feel connected. Because I think what happens to me is I wake up and I feel really disconnected. And right. uh, I have no structure right now. And that makes me feel lonely and sad, like about my mom being gone. Like, I have no... Uh, parameters, right. even though I have a husband and son and things going on, I feel lost in space. Like, right. What are you doing? Who are you? And it makes it harder to do all the powerful wishing. Right. When I'm when I'm uh, scared mm-hmm. and just scared, scary to think. Yeah. And there's nothing. You're lost forever. Right. The employee does that a lot. Like right, right. now, I start to question everything I've done, all my life choices. Oh my and you're God, like, right? Oh, I, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, maybe I'll take a shitty job. Like, no, no, I don't want to take a shitty job. Right. right. It takes a lot of strength just to yeah. say, like, and fit and belief that you're yeah. like, no, no, I can. I'm sorry. I've had so much crazy synchronicity in my life. I feel mad at myself now if I don't believe in it. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, synchronicity. Like, I feel, I'm a big believer in all of that. Like, uncanny. So I'm like, okay, do you believe in God? Uh, I'm sort of more of a. We <laughs> should save this for yeah. another podcast. We got a whole other hour. Um, <laughs> easily be another. I'm more, I'm, I, I've always been more of a metaphysical bent, so I would say more source universe. Yes, I believe in God. You know, I don't care what. It, and, and I do believe like uh, this is going to go down a road like that. All you know, prophets were real. You know, or Jesus or Buddha. And, you know, makes sense to me. I've never been a really. Uh, I'm Christian. That's it. I never right. I wasn't raised that way. Um, but yeah, I believe in God. If it was a universe source, I believe that like we're all connected. Even though I can't feel that on the highway when I'm mad, or you know, <laughs> right? Or uh, I do. I believe. I know what it feels like to click into a belief and then shit shows up. It's just it's and you a, abandon the belief when shit shows up. Is that or what you're if saying? I'm sitting in the position now where I'm more shaky and insecure or nervous or sad and scared, uh, I don't conjure as well in that state nobody does right um so i'm working on i can't tell if i'm deconstructing cultural things like the sense of what i should be or the structure i should be in but that is uh scary at my age when it comes you know like and i've got a mortgage you know or i've got some money that i'm living off of right now and there's all that rabbit hole and i'm like we can't go down it's so funny because that's one of the big things i struggle with how the fuck do you be in the moment when you got a plan for your future, yeah, you gotta yes. look. You gotta look ahead, yeah, to make sure. And so, being in the moment is such a strange thing. So, to a certain extent, I think I'm blessed with a bad memory because <laughs> I'm not all. Yes, it was terrible yes. having to dredge it all up for the film. Yeah, and I realized there's gonna come a day I've got to make some fucking big apologies. I've got some shit that I've not apologized from. I haven't done the steps. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm that guy that like has been in the program and has never gotten past the fifth step, you know, which is a biggie, a hard step for me has always been, you know, and uh, I mean, the first fucking step in a 12 step program is hard for me because I don't have anything that resembles a God in my life that, that I can feel that I believe in. Yeah. I believe in the, the energy, you know, but that, but it's, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I blindly tried to accept a lot of things. I grew up a victim of Catholicism, and then I studied world religions in college just because, 
you know, I just wanted to know what was, what else was out there. And, you know, when I come across these dudes who are saying, unless you repent, you're going to hell. I always yeah. love to take those dudes on. Like, really? Like, everybody? Like, this little woman in India who's trying, whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't work, right? You're it, like, how does this just fit like, in? Just yeah. like, beware of the... The man with only one book yeah. has always been my kind of thing. And fucking who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a great big God. And maybe he's sitting on a fucking cloud up there and he's looking at everything that I'm doing. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. What? Here, here's something I've been chewing on. Why isn't it enough? And, and isn't it real that the valuable thing you'll do, like, okay, couple things in one why is why isn't it enough that maybe your job for the next year is to just clean house Mm -hmm. why isn't that Mm -hmm. enough why can't you just take the next year and get grounded because here's the thing everything you do right i can and my roommate is like dude you you got no pressure here yeah live your life get it together like do your shit and i the other day i came to that realization you're in a safe place. You are doing cool things with people you love. Mm-hmm. You um, you may not live in the hipster part of town, but the hipster part of town was fucking yeah. sending me to my grave. Right. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. It's too hard to say no when... It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a completely different environment, man. And, um, you know, when there's kids around, again, it yeah. goes back to... it's a very and social, right? That's fair. That's okay. What now? Being social is something you need sometimes, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. For me especially. Otherwise, I'd crumble. But, um, yeah. So, uh, now I'm losing track. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I was feeling the same way. I've been questioning that. Because oh. I do, I'm, I'm like, I mean, I'm on Glassdoor again. Like, going, right. okay, I, I just, in order to feel better, need to start. Just like, I'll put that in place, and then I'll be okay. And I'm like, Carrie, you have enough money to live to February not get a job, and why don't you take that time and go work out, go take your kid to school, pick him up. Use this time to better yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Go um, set up some classes. Go get some more coaching, you know, coach some more people, spread the word a little bit, take a chance. Why can't you just shut up and leave it at that for the next six months? And I'm like, Okay. Right. It is self-destructive. <laughs> We're good at getting in our own ways. Exactly. And you know what? I mean, fuck. It, it, it always sort of, you know, your damage is also your greatest thing, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the, the dam- it, certain gifts that I believe that I was given are also the things that fuck me up. Like to be yes. able to, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. those things, and I have to remember that. Like it's paid off. And it would have paid off even, you know, it's just yeah, yeah, a double-edged yeah. sword. Yeah. It can yeah. be a double-edged sword. Like, yeah. you know, um, but it's funny you brought that up because now is a time that I can focus on all this fucking yes. shit. And there's moments, like I said to my roommate, why am I not like, you know, like, why this is the moment to do it. Why am I fucking binge watching some bullshit on fucking Netflix? Why are we doing that? I Because it's, it's comforting it's easier yeah. it's not hard 
It's fucking lazy. It's that's why I want to go hang around entrepreneurs or comedians or someone right. who are like we're, who are that already we can in get practice. Rich and famous off of them. No, like, we can find the sort of just yeah. No, okay, inspiration. In the cool. They're in the flow right now of working. Right. Like they're they're in it. Like oh, that's what I do. That's my norm. Right. And I'm like oh, I'm over here in the forest. Like sit down. You know, I'm like I want to go be around some people. Maybe. But let me ask you this: What happens to me? I have a lot of very successful friends, like my roommate, yeah. fucking killing it. Yeah. Some days I watch him, like we'll have breakfast in the morning or whatever. I'll watch him and I'll hear his calls and I'll blah, 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 blah. And I fucking bums me out because I used to be in the game. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. There. You can't, you can't even You know what's hard there. for me? You know what I haven't watched yet? That fucking HBO thing with Dre and whatchamacallit from oh, no, Interscope. No. Yeah, yeah. Because all, and I couldn't watch roadies either. Because it reminds me of my friends and the industry and what I used to do. And, like, all of that shit was our lives and our world. And I know everybody on that goddamn HBO series. And it just, I sit here and I'm like, I can't watch it. No. Because I'm not there right now. And that was a good time that I really kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to watch it, even though when I finally do, I'm inspired. and And you shouldn't. It's yeah. too hard for me it to do, man. Do any, but it's not if it's not benefiting you. Right. Does it, if it doesn't serve you, then no. Right. Like there's a lot of. I remember somebody telling me like I have some you know bad thoughts or memories. Like is that serving you? If it doesn't serve you, don't do it. Like reminiscing on something that made you mad. Is that changing anything? Is that you know help? Right. But when forward? people say okay, so here's another issue I have. When people say why, be happy today. You have the choice. Well, fuck, if I had the fucking choice, I would flick a fucking switch and do it. Something else is getting in the way of that choice, and I can't figure out how to get rid of that. But it's a practice to get out of it. So when I say, like, I have that moment where I'm I'm obsessing. Is it work? Is Uh, that what it is? Is it going through the work? Just Yes. Practice. Structure and work, right? Work. Just saying, like, oh, you're doing that thing again. You're doing that (laughs) thing again. Is that... that Helping you or hurt you? Is it helping? No. Right. Okay, put it down. Right. Doesn't mean you're happy, but you're not doing that. Like, right. It's either or. Is that work for you? Is it, is it adding? No. Put it down. Okay. Uh, but I don't know what else to do. At least fucking put that thing down. All right. Right. <laughs> like, right. And I would ask Dave about him. What compels him? Who is he? Like, what, why has he always been that way? Why? And that's what I like of asking people those questions. He's an interesting dude. You'll get a lot of interesting shit about him. And not everybody knows a lot about him. But he came from a very interesting upbringing. And, you know, has a lot of very... He's one of the smartest people I know. But he he grew up extremely religious. Mm. Oh, like extremely religious. And then rebelled from it. But he possesses all of the knowledge. He was going to be a fucking... Not a pastor. I'll let him tell you on his own podcast. But he's got a very interesting... What drives him is very different than what drives a lot of people. So, you know. Interesting. Right, but that's interesting. Yeah. That's why I like talking to other people, too, is I go, oh, perspective. Okay. He should probably be next, because we've talked about him. So he should probably be your next podcast. Is he busy today? We can just... (laughs) Right? We can just get it all done. Yeah. We can throw a lot of... A lot of stuff in there. He plans far ahead, so you'll probably you'll have to but get all this. But he's been schedules. in the flow of doing that uh-huh. probably the whole time, right? Yep. Like he's always. I don't think he's ever stuttered. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, really you'll have to him. ask him about yeah. that. I don't want to speak for him. Yeah. Um. He's had hard moments. He's had rough moments. Yeah. 
where he's trying to... He, he's not the guy that just started a bunch of businesses and they were all successful. He's had his failures, too. So it's like... But you hear that... Oh, that's good to hear. Like, you hear that a lot, too. Like, hey, there's a million of people who failed. Right. Um, well, he'll tell you all this stuff. I just don't want to be the guy that does it. Right. And so there's more failures See, than successes. Yeah. But I would love to tap into his juju of like, okay, well... You compelled and went on somehow. That's strength, if that's like your own personal reasons why. Because I sit here and go, I'm fully capable of starting something new and like I love marketing or trying to find things out, but I've got a bug in me that's just like, mm, like Whitney right. bug that's like, I'm gonna sit down and watch Netflix and so like, you know what I mean? Like, I was going, 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 and I'm like, oh, oh Netflix and chill means so many things to so many different people. But it's like, if I never get up, then I'm never going to help myself, and that scares me more. Maybe that should get yeah. worse before I do something. It's hard because you slow down as you get older, yeah. and like, that's so easier just to not put that extra energy into stuff. Well, and also, yeah. contentment yeah. is yes. such, like, if you're content for that moment, why do you want to get up and go garden and do, you know, ride your bicycle and do those things? Even though after you do them, you feel yeah, so feel much fucking better. better. Yeah. But do you, you think this though too? I'm sorry, but I feel like we have ridden hard. So yes, we have. Yes, we have. Anybody who's like, no, I just want to maximum fucking apex. rest forever. No wonder you're sort of like, <laughs> it's kind of nice to sit down. You right. gotta get up again. Yeah. Uh, really. Right. <laughs> well, and that's part of why. Living out here is a different world for me because I walk around a lot and I yeah. just, you know, I do a lot of thinking walking around. Yeah. I will walk down to the water. I, you know, I just kind of, I don't have a million things going on. So I do have the opportunity. I'm freaking, it takes me an hour and a half on the bus system to get yeah. downtown Seattle or to the hill. You know, if I want to go to yeah. a show. Yeah. In fact... I did cancel on someone tonight. I was supposed to go see something at the uh, the uh, Sea Monster tonight. And I'm oh, like, wow. you know, no. Time. So I went through my schedule just going, nope, cancel that, cancel that. You can't cancel <laughs> Carrie. You can't cancel Carrie. You. you might get an acapella when three is two out of her. You can't cancel. <laughs> well, I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Is that the first time you sung on your podcast? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. That's because of you. People will like that little moment. You did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the DJ power over there. Yeah, I'm pretty good at bringing hey, that out. Did you just tell us that a little? I'm like, you've done that before, haven't you? <laughs> oh, he's a pro. Yeah, I'm yeah. asking you just as many questions yeah. as you're asking him. Right. I appreciate the craft. Yeah. <laughs> well, which is cool, and, and that's something that I've gotten really good at. And so, traveling around with all these film festivals and doing radio and stuff like that, we do these Q and As afterwards. I fucking love it because I feel like I'm right. back. And it's not even that I have, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about a period of time. You I'm talking it. about, yeah. yeah. I just went, uh, this is going to sound braggadocious, braggadocious, but I don't <laughs> well, even know the, the right, right word. Yeah. <laughs> braggadocious, braggadocious. No, we just, we took the film to uh, Cornell University okay. in New York and uh, showed the film. And I spoke in front of yeah. like the, uh, I mean, first of all, Cornell I had no idea. First of all, I, I was intimidated because those kids are smart, right? They're still <laughs> fucking kids, yeah, right? They're exactly. still kids. Yeah. But they have a punk rock studies class. Nice. And they've asked me to come back and speak to, at the awesome. punk rock studies With class. It's fucking killer, man. I had yeah. so much fun out there. Like, we went to these weird restaurants out there. It was just, 
So the one thing I will say about the second half of my life, and I bitch about, um, maybe I don't publicly bitch about this film to people because I don't want to come off as that guy, but there's been a <laughs> lot of challenges for me uh-huh. with this film and with some of the people that I've worked with on this film, and it continues today. Um, but it's opened the doors for so many new things, yeah, and we're talking... Right? about a new film now with different people and like all of a sudden there's some really interesting things happening and uh, here's an example of why I need to be grateful this is something else I've talked to my friggin' roommate <laughs> about be grateful how the fuck I woke yes. up one morning going I'm not grateful I'm not grateful for anything that I have because I fucked it all up and I'm not grateful for anything and then I started looking at it and I was like Oh, it's so cliche to say I'm grateful for my health. Yeah. I'm grateful for the house that I live in. But, you know, but you start getting past that shit. So you practice that. You actually, that's hard for me to be grateful because I am a fucking son of a bitch that wants to, uh, 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 like, it's all about me. It's all about You're just me. You're hard on yourself, though, too. I right? am super hard on myself. But, but that, for me, in a way, that's how I'm going to inflict change. Okay. <laughs> inflict yeah. change. Yeah. Like the kind of combination of I'm going change. to make myself. Yeah. Um, I get uh, that. Sometimes when I get angry enough is when I get going. Yeah. Just get mad enough. You'll get right. to, like you asked me like, well, what is your impetus? I'm like, oh, I've hit my wall. Right. You, you can sit here longer, or you can do something. Right. And that's all a wall. Yeah. I believe. The whole grateful thing. So. I'm trying to remember what... Oh, so when I look at... You know, because half the time I'm pissed at my director for some bullshit that he's pulled that I didn't know about, right? And I'm fucking mad at the world and I'm fucking... I'm depressed and blah, blah, blah. And then I think about it. Two nights ago, I got all these friend requests from Germany and I'm like, what the hell? Does this have something to do with this Nazi thing? (laughs) Like, because I posted Nazi punks fuck off or something like that. And one of the girls writes... Me, this little thing. Hey, I just saw your movie on German television, and I just want to say, say that I think the movie and you are fantastic. Thank right. you. And, like, yeah. that's that moment when I'm like, dude, yes. stop this yeah. bullshit. And, well, and the moment and the things that are going on are not the last thing you're going to do. Right. They are, like you said, they're just a vehicle. I'm super dramatic, though. You are. Everything's super how's, dramatic. How's that working for oh you? Oh, my God. It's terrible. <laughs> Working fucking terribly. Who's that guy, the Mister, whatever? Oh, how's that working for poor you? Me. Serving you? <laughs> no, I mean, so one, the coolest fucking moment came this last year from being on to, with the film at a film festival in Milwaukee, a city I've never been to. Oh wow! And. You know, there were a lot of, like, woes me, uh, this fucking movie, I'm too exposed, I'll never get a job again. Like, I have all kinds of drama that goes on in my head. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I was too honest in the film. and that I loved it. Yeah, my roommate thinks I wasn't honest enough. He's like, that's not even close to the truth. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, anyway, um, (laughs) there was, (laughs) there was, I mean, we decided with the film that we weren't going to, we were only going to go so far into the gutter. So, perhaps the next project might be a bit more honest and a bit more brutal and a bit of a bigger budget. For reasons. For reasons that, yeah. So, um, 
No, I, just, I don't know why I'm even reflecting on this. Just like those moments that I've got to remember are brilliant yes. that you have that you forget about. Yeah. Like in Milwaukee, like, I, yeah, okay, yeah, film festival folks are fun. It was really fun. But new cities to me are super exciting. Yeah. But I'm, I really like oh, art. Yeah. And I've really been getting into more art and fucked up art and nice. surreal art and some, you know. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite painters lives in Milwaukee. Oh, wow. And his name is Fred Stonehouse, and he's a surrealist painter. And I'm just a fanboy, right? Oh, wow. I've been a fan. Oh, I friended him on Facebook. Madonna buys his shit. Yeah. He's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Lanigan is obsessed with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, Lanigan buys a bunch of his shit. So he's very musician. Like, it's dark art. Yeah. It's not... It's, yeah. it's, it's dark. Okay. Um, and uh, so I invited him to my movie. I just wrote him on Facebook. Hey, I'm coming to town for the film festival. If you'd like to come, it's just a little movie and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he said, oh, I'd love to come. And he's like, you know, and I'm like, fantastic. We'll comp him the tickets or whatever. And then he's like, can I bring my kids? So we got him four friggin' tickets. Mm-hmm. He comes. I'm all waiting. I'm all at the theater. Yeah. Like, all I can think is, this is just shit that you get excited about. Yeah, like, yeah. you're not that excited. Yeah. I mean, the film thing is rad. I'm ex- I was excited about it. But this is like, yeah. you're kind of like into this person. Like, And so he comes in. I'm like hovering, like trying to watch the door. And there he is. And he just walks right up to me. And I'm like, hey, Fred, nice to meet you. And he's like, yeah, I recognize you from Facebook. So, you know, his family sits down. He's like, let's connect afterwards. He, we, we do a whole thing. <laughs> After the Q&A, and it was fucking sold out, right? It was packed. and it was No, it was really good. It was really good. And we do this Q&A, and, um, and somebody asked me what bands I'm listening to, and I'm like, yeah, there's, you know, blah, 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 blah. I always forget. I have to look at my phone. Yeah. See what's on there. And I'm like, but I've kind of been into art, and you guys, you know, you have a lot of art in town, and um, there's an exhibit opening up at the museum that I'm really excited to see Fred Stonehouse. And they're like, yeah, we wanted to make sure somebody stood up in the crowd and said, yeah. we want to make sure that you knew about Fred and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a big fan. I can't wait to do, you know, I didn't point him out. I didn't yeah, do yeah. any of that shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then afterwards he comes up and he loved the film so much. He asked to get a selfie with me. And the, that alone was That's so cool. cool. And then I'm like, he's like, so the museum, are you going to go? And I'm like, hell yes, I'm going to go, dude. We're probably going to go tomorrow. And he goes, well, why don't you stop by my house? It's on the way. And I'll give you a tour of my private studio. You can see some of the things I'm working on. We'll have coffee in the morning. Come by at 10. I, 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 at that moment. Okay, I'll tell you, that's not even the good part. The oh, good part okay. is. We're with this other woman from the festival who buys art. She's rich. Yeah. This woman, she buys all this original art. She's fucking freaking out. And I'm like, come with us. And she's like, what? And I'm like, come with us. What's he going to, like, we yeah. just all met him. Yeah. And so we go over there in the morning, and I'm just excited. And, you know, we get over there, fresh pot of coffee. They invite us into their house. We sit for about 40 minutes just talking and kind of talking about art and music and whatnot. And he's like, come out to the studio. We go out there and all these works that he's working on right now, the rest of the world hasn't seen any of this shit. And there's a moment when I was standing there and he, we're looking at a painting that he had done. And he's like, yeah, that's from a fucked up dream I had. Wow. And I go, how many of these are from your dreams? And he goes, most of them. And he starts 
diving into the dream and telling me the dream as I'm looking at this thing. And after a minute, all I heard is Charlie Brown's teacher. Because <laughs> my brain is exploding yeah. with fucking gratefulness. Yeah. And at that moment, I was like, fuck, dude, if you're ever depressed again, all you have to do is think back to this fucking, you are a lucky motherfucker. Yeah. And it, like, you have yeah. to remember that. You've got to be yeah. grateful for shit and like this. And there's more of this to come if you want. Oh, and that no was that moment that I was like, <gasps> you're sitting with your one of your favorite painter yeah. and he's describing a painting and his dream. And then you're both deciphering your dreams together. And then he gives me some of his original drawings. Shut up. I walked and then after that, if that weren't enough, wait, it gets better. He goes, let's go to the let's go to the museum. I'll just walk you guys in. He just waves us past the cashier, and then he gives me a tour of his describing each goddamn painting, each work. Wow. I got a personal tour from my favorite fucking painter. And then we go back to his house to drop him off. We drove him over there, and his wife comes out with the I'm yelling right now. See, I'm still I'm still very passionate. His wife comes out with these tins. Of cookies, fresh chocolate chip cookies she's made for us with stickers of his surreal art on the tins. That is awesome. As what? gifts to all three of us. Like, Very Midwest cool. people wow. are yes. the best. Yeah. They're just the nicest, yes. sweetest human Once beings. You're in, you are in. It's amazing, man. Yes. And him and his wife, I mean, we sent them thank you letters. Like, you know, he and I will text each other from time to time if there's a band that it's just. I'm bragging again, but it was just like one of those fucking brilliant moments in my life that I that had nothing to do with music at that point. I would challenge you're not bragging. I would watch you. I was fucking excited. Like I was like trying to not be. So I was thinking about all the times I've met rock stars, and fucking I'm so over musicians now. Like unless it's somebody that I really idolize, I'm totally cool with him. I'm like, ah, shit, don't be a dork. Like, don't be a fucking dork. Like, I'm thinking about this shit from the position of a fanboy. It's a whole other world. It's like a new new world. He's so calm and cool and just his fucking artwork and we connected. But you know what? You did that. You reached out. You didn't have to. I did. I know, I know. Had you never messaged. So you know what's weird about the movie? I think the reason he was so warm to me is he felt that he knew me from seeing some of that shit in the movie already. So it was like a... a, That's a weird dynamic, though, man. That's just a weird fucking dynamic. Is it weird or is it really cool that, like, once people... Sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's weird. Okay. Like, sometimes it's just fucking funny. Like, yeah. I'm grateful for all yeah. of it. Like, and there's moments I'm like, ew. Like, when I read a review or somebody wrote some fucking oh. sh- comments <laughs> on a big publicity, a lot of publicity the film got. He didn't discover our fucking band. <laughs> that motherfucker. Just right. like shitty comments. Bad. They had no yeah. idea who I am. So yeah, I had to yeah. laugh that shit off. But, but then, um, <laughs> but then, you know, I mean, there's weird moments too where people, um, uh, where people think they know you better than they do. Yes. And they, yes. uh, you know, become a little bit too familiar. Yeah. Although it was really funny because one guy, after the film, came up and he's like, hey, dude, listen, 
uh, I know a couple girls if you want to go like <laughs> I'm like did you even watch the yeah. movie did you not a couple movie? of girls dude what the f- really yeah, all you know. uh, that's cool man uh, I'm good yeah. I'm good that's all he knew but he was offering up it was kind of well it wasn't sweet it was creepy the way he said it it was totally well, creepy look, but what he's offering hello so, yeah but I, all I could think is did he fall asleep in the movie like there's a lot of it's I'm, I'm pretty out right yeah I'm pretty that. out in the film maybe he he doesn't understand what that means. I don't know. All right, we're past two hours. Goodbye. Thank you. And that's it, folks. Well, I will say I love talking to you. And I love we could do to like too. three, four, or whatever. We could go like a few, like a month go by, and you'd be like, oh, much other horse shit happened. Right. I'll be right over. Yeah. Like, I'll be right over. Yeah, plenty exactly. to talk about. But I think it, if people who've listened to this podcast know it's a conversation, and it can go on for two hours. And right. so. I really enjoy it. Again, I find these conversations, every one of them, valuable. I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, people get out of it a lot of stuff. Some of them are sort of like, holy hell, you guys talk a lot. Yeah. Um, but, hey, that's what free uh, communication is all about. You can take it or leave it. Yeah. So, thank well, you so uh, much. They, they got to hear you sing. Thank you. That's a biggie. <laughs> okay. Acapella. Okay, enjoy. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Carrie. Oh, I love you to death. And yeah. I really enjoyed this. And I love um, Ryan. And I love, I should be doing more of it. Mm. <laughs> I'll be getting off my ass. All right, thanks everyone. Yeah, thanks. Have a good day. You have awesome. a good day now. <laughs>